Hello. Welcome to episode 460 of Conversation Street, a spoiler-free Coronation Street podcast featuring me, Gemma, and, and me. hosted by Michael. I'm the main one, everybody. I just yeah. let her introduce the episode every now and then. We have every other episode. Just, don't in, know, just don't know in, know in case you guys, aren't reminding that it's spoiler-free. don't know if you guys notice, but I always do the even ones. You do, you do. And Michael always does the odd ones because I like an even numbers and Michael likes odd numbers. How are you doing, Gemma? How are you feeling? I'm... I'm all right. We're talking about episodes between the 1st and the 6th what? of March. Is that it? Um, no, we're not. 1st and the 5th of March. Um, 1st and the 5th of March. I got the date wrong on the Episode 10,261 to 10,266. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm all right now. But I'll tell you what, a few days ago, I was feeling quite poorly. And that terrible pun is a segue to our bonus podcast this week because we have got a character profile of Tanya Pooley. And what's, the bar. what's feeling got to do with it? I don't know, that just kind of came into it. But, you know, I think she's maybe the ultimate... Yeah, they are. He's like the ultimate male villain. Controversial. Imagine... And she the ultimate female. If Pat Phelan was as sexy as Tanya Pooley, what kind of... Some would say. um, What kind of... If he had as many feminine wiles, and I know we've seen him as a a panto... (laughs) Yes, that's true. We have seen him. (laughs) Not Pat Phelan, but um, (laughs) Connor McIntyre, who plays him. So uh, we know he doesn't quite have the looks of Tanya Pooley, but imagine if he did. What would he have been as evil? Well, you know, I mean, he's in his fifties, and then Tanya was in her early twenties. So who knows? Who who really does know? Thirty Nobody. years ago, stick him in a wig. He could have uh, he could have uh, attracted the attention of Dead's Barnes. I tell you that, <laughs> and then killed him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this week I have been incredibly busy with my deadline and I have not done a quiz. What? I didn't know this. But what I have done is found a website which is called funtrivia.com, okay? I thought this would be fun. Are you going to moan at me? No. What were you going to (laughs) say? Just take a sharpie, take a breath, and then I thought better of it. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that when you said earlier that you might not have time to do the quiz, I did offer to do the quiz for Gemma, but she said, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, because you'd know all the answers. Yeah, I would make it easy. I would have made it easier. I think once I need to, I need to do the quiz for you. You, you, a, a you lot. mean you would like to quiz me? Yes. Not do the quiz for me because that would be prepare pointless, the quiz. Wouldn't it? Go on then. What's this? No, what's this trivia? Prepare the quiz for me to do. Have Not you... prepare the quiz that give me the questions to ask you. No, no, no. Not of that. course not. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> right. So this question is from the quiz Coronation Street: Relationships and Marriages, and the question is. Gail first appeared in Coronation Street in 1974. She has been married several times from 1979 to 2010. Mm-hmm. What is her full name? So you need to tell me what her full... If you were to tell me her names... Gail. Yeah. Potter. Yeah. Tilsley. Yeah. Platt. Yeah. Hillman. Yeah. McIntyre. Yeah. Rodwell. It didn't even have <laughs> Rodwell on there because this is an old, old thing. Um, Bonus point. Coronation Street. Now, this is weird, because this is wrong. <laughs> this is from the quiz, Even More People on the Street. Coronation Street experiences many deaths. Who was the first to die in 2008? What? <laughs> Coronation Street experiences many the deaths. Fa- that doesn't make sense. Oh, I don't know who died in... Uh, Vera Duckworth. Correct. <laughs> I knew you'd get she it. She was the first person to die in 2008, because I remember it was the beginning of the year, and I don't know why She's I remember also... it in 2008. 
the first person to die out of Jack and Vera. Yeah. But if you were to ask me who was the first person to die in Coronation Street, I would, of course, say... May Hardman. Correct. Well done. <laughs> John and Rosie's affair was exposed on Christmas Day 2007. Knickers is the answer to this question. What did Kevin do <laughs> when he found out about the affair? Punch John Stoke. Yes, and he got arrested for two weeks. And that was from the quiz Coronation Street 2007 to 2008 storylines. This seems like an, a, a, a website that aggregates lots of questions. Yeah. What was the name of the bigamist Emily Bishop married in 1980? Arnold Swain. Yep. Which character... I like was, this quiz. I thought you would, Michael. <laughs> it's not so... It's, it's not difficult, so what it? you do. Which character was played by Graham Haberfield? Jerry Booth. Yes! <laughs> Who we have just uploaded a character profile of to our YouTube channel just the other day. Was, Check it out. He was only 20 when he was given the role and he just left Bristol Old Vic Drama School. Mm. Uh, question number six. Ed, Eileen and Ed... How many questions are there? Well, there's m- millions. Okay. Let's go until we get bored. Yeah. Eileen and Ed were pretty serious about each other. There was only one problem with their relationship. Ed had a terrible secret. What was it? He shot Ernest Bishop. Yeah. Not Ed Bailey. No. <laughs> Stop racially profiling him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, sorry. Um, number seven. Who is the father of Tracy's daughter, Amy? Steve. Yeah, this is just uh, easy. You haven't got any wrong. Who, number don't eight. jinx it. Who did Richard Hillman dress up as when he tried to kill Emily and ended up killing Maxine? Aidan Critchley. The correct answer is Aid Critchley. Shut up. <laughs> um... Any more? Yeah, there's loads. I told you. I, I, mean, I just got distracted. I this is number had. nine. Let's do ten then. What was the original name of Coronation Street? Florizel Street. Yes. When was the first episode shown? Oh, bloody hell. Um, 9th of December, On 1960. Yes! I can never remember oh, which day in December it is. It's terrible. Thank you. That was, that was a nice easy quiz. I told I, I think you. Today, so. I didn't think it would be bad. Yeah. But what happened... In multiples of five years ago, we'll never know. We'll have, we to wait, never know. have to wait five years to find out the answer to that. Well, I, I can tell you whose birthdays. Oh, good. I'm glad you've done this. Who's got a birthday? 7th of February is Stuart Wolfenden, who played Mark Casey. 8th of February is Glenn Hugill or Hugill. Who played Who Matt. knows? <laughs> you better because you're doing the <laughs> Coronation Street podcast. Alan McKenna, he played. Oh. Oh. He's, he's, he's just been. He's just. Um, but on classic Coronation Street. Uh, 9th of February is Barbara Young. He played Doreen Fenwick. And Alan Rothwell played David Barlow. 11th of February, Brian Capron, who played Richard Hillman. Sarah Khan, who plays Alia Nazir. And George Mayfoot, who played Katie Armstrong. And on the 12th of February, we have Jenny McAlpine, who played Miss Stape. Well, happy birthday to all of those. What a lovely... Oh, have I... Nice I do you know what I've just done? What? You didn't even... Did I even say... I've just done February. <laughs> oh, these time. people have all had their birthday. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so nice because her birthday's near Valentine's Day. <laughs> have you, oh, I've ruined have everything. Have you got quick access to finding out who does have a birthday coming up? Yeah, probably. Well, what are we going to do? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that involves me having to get up. This is very these are, all characters, these are all characters that we wished happy birthday to a month ago. We've I didn't just even completely notice. forgotten. Yeah. So always, I'll just go, I'm just literally live choropedia-ing because so everybody smug. wants, I don't know what we, what we thought about this week's Coronation Street. They want to know who's got a birthday coming up. I was so smug about this. I, thought, I will tell you. fine. I will tell you for a change. And even when I did it, I was thinking, oh, wow, the year's going by so fast. And that was when I thought it was February. <laughs> Right, <laughs> nobody on the sixth of March. Is that where I need to look? Is it in the real world? Bit yeah, that's here? what. That's okay, where nobody on the sixth of March. Where am I going up to? What's the last date? Um, so we got uh, nobody on the seventh of March. If this is like this is prime podcast gold. This is you do do skip ahead. Look at the timestamp to see when Street Talk finishes. Margot Bryant, Minnie Caldwell. There we go. Happy birthday we'll to her. We want to miss out. Good old on Margot, the uh, on the eighth of March. We got the ninth of March is. Um, <laughs> Joseph Gilgan, who played Jamie Armstrong, underrated character from the mid nineties. There, what's the what last date? Jamie... I'm just going to keep going. I know, I'll stop you. What was Jamie? What did Jamie Armstrong? He was do? he was Brabber's uh, son, wasn't he? Who? Tracy Braben. Uh... We've seen a little bit of him so far. Oh yeah, not enough of him. The, He's the a little scampy scallywag. Oh, I think the internet stopped. <laughs> 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 Boy, oh, no, here we go. Oh. Right, 10th of April. No, May. Yes, Chris Cook. Chris Cook, who played Mark Redman the fourth. And finally... No. No. <laughs> this started so well. No, it didn't. It did. Sasha Parkinson, who played Sean Bowers. Um, Powers, not Powers. Powers, not Bowers. That's it. Next. That's it for that day. Finally, final absolutely terminally, the <laughs> yeah, birthday on the 12th of March is Jeffrey Lancashire, who played Sarah Lancashire's dad. He was also a writer. Peter Wally is a writer and he was born in 1946. You know, that's it. And that is it. We never give out years because it's Blimey. rude. That was a disaster. This is where most professional podcasts would just, you know, edit and snip and cut. But we're just leaving all our bloopers in for you Listen, to enjoy. Listen, we get accused of not editing and we would hate for people who have such fun criticising us to not have something yeah, to moan about. we don't want to disappoint them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, with that, I'm sure you're all dying to know what this professional podcasting team thought of this week's Coronation Street. Don't worry, you're about to find out. Okay, Street Talk time then, and I am... Quite happy to report that it was a much better week this week after a couple of weeks of not so good stuff. I mean, it's, it's not all been bad, but you know, I've been feeling a little bit down about Corey recently. But yeah, I, I thought it was a much, much improved um, set of episodes this week. So congratulations to everyone involved. We are going to be starting off with the main story of the week, which is the size supplies storyline. Moving on to the Jeffrey Metcalf adventures that Yasmin's been getting up to. Um, oh my God. Nina and Asher are back, and they're going to be our third story of the week, followed by Hallucinaden. But now the Hallucinadens <laughs> are gone because he's taken his medicine. Oh. So, so sad, Johnny. Um, I, I was struggling to think of a decent storyline title for Paul one, but I think that he is, um, he's on the up, actually. I've been feeling quite positive about Paul for the first time in quite a long time, so I'm calling this story Pull Your Life Together. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, thank you. I just need some kind of reaction. Even that, that will do. Pull your life together. Yeah, shut up. Don't think about it too much. um, Then we had uh, also tonight a little bit of a return of the Downward Dobbs story (laughs) and uh, the Tully Sales and Marketing, which is going on for inordinately longer than I thought it would do. I know, know, it's lovely. (laughs) It's it's like, this is the sort of story that usually should last, like, you know, a week or two of filler. I like the way they were like, look, this is important. We have to give this the space that it needs to breathe. 
and then huge, huge, huge weeks worth of space in between every every little instalment of it. Can I ask you a question about the downward Dobbs thing? Yes, you can. Um, when he inevitably makes a move on Alina, yeah. are we going to change the name of it to Dirty Dobbs? <laughs> dirty Dobbs. They're going to get the Dirty Dobbs <laughs> award, aren't they? I think you might be right. Um, right. Okay. I want to do the side oh, do story you? like this because I, I'm, I'm really quite right. enjoying. How this. much is everybody loving how horrible Jacob is and it's how much great. you want to beat him to he death? So so great. The marble rolling tin. I don't know whether I do or whether I want to cheer him on for goading Leanne and telling her to shut oh, up to no. her. Face. <laughs> We've all wanted, I wanted to do it. Come on. I really wanted her to beat him to death. <laughs> I, I think that Jacob is a really, really um, positive we um, addition to the show. Considering we I were... was very dismissive initially because I was oh, yeah, like, I I here was we go, well. a bit of another Cory Rentner thug because oh, they're yeah, all very generic and they're very, you know, they're all very similar because they they're all just like. Uh, yeah, bring him in, do, get him who... to be a bit intimidating, and yeah. then off he goes a couple of months later. If you want to know. Um, what the the archetype of a Cory rent a thug is? Just go down the shops um, at, at like nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Definitely down by our way. And uh, they might ask you if you can buy them a few bottles of beer on the way out. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that between him and Jane Danson, oh, she was fantastic. fantastic and actually, to be per- to give him his dues, I think Alex Bain has been doing a bang up job as well. I know, week. but I'm finding it. Do you know what? It's really weird because um, I've forgotten the name. Who plays Jacob? Uh, his name. Uh, uh, Jack. Jack. Jackie Job. Um, You talk, I will find. So he's... Jack James Ryan is his name. I knew I was right. Jack James Ryan... I hadn't forgotten. He said I did. Because he's a new character. Um, I'm sort of paying attention to the fact that he's a new character and I'm aware of the fact that, you know, because we've we've, um, sort of interacted with the the actor a bit on on Twitter and everything. So I'm I'm, I'm more aware that he's an actor playing a character. But with, with Simon, I'm just like... I can so so I can enjoy Jacob. I'm like, yeah, he's doing a fantastic job. This actor, he's he's really playing a really annoying character. I think he's doing a really good job of it. Whereas, and when Simon's been, I'm like, oh Simon, I hate you so much. You're so annoying, you little scrape bag. Like I somehow because because I've seen him grow up, I just kind of forget that he's not. He's not, he's not, not real. He, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, want, I want to beat him to death as well. I don't know. You know, I Nobody don't know isolate, whether I, don't I think isolate we've got different um, reactions to Jacob. <laughs> Really? Because I I don't I I hate I'm, him. I'm loving him. <laughs> but but you're not loving to hate him. You're just really liking him. I just think that he's amusing and entertaining, and I look psychotic. forward to his scenes. I mean, the stuff that he was doing oh. in the flat with Leanne this week, it was like brilliant. Every time they switch back to that story, really, yeah. Let's 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 okay. let's sorry, talk about sorry. it. Yeah. So sorry, um, um the the problem last week was with Sam, wasn't it? Because yes. he'd seen. Jacob and Simon getting up to some dodgy <laughs> business with that bloke in the boot on Friday's episode. So Sam is uh, in the cafe doing his long division. Well, Lots... he'd avoided Simon and run off with his bag, hadn't he? And Simon was trying to get his bag back. Yeah, no, he uh, did he have... No, but the bag was back in the house, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He'd taken it to the house. Anyway, he doesn't seem too keen on seeing Simon when Nick mentions it to him. No. Um, we also see Simon ignoring a call from Jacob because he's kind of realised at the beginning of the week that he's maybe getting in a little bit too deep on this and he wants to make a clean he's break of it all. So he runs up to Sam in the street, like, creepily happy and smiley. Oh, and whenever, whenever Simon is, like, nice not grimacing, somebody. I think it's, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Uh, he's all, all cheery, he's apologetic, and he says, oh, yeah, me and my mates, you thought, yeah, well, we were just <laughs> messing about yesterday. He, he wasn't in trouble at all. We were just 
is just what we're like. Bit of bants, you know. Are we cool, Sam? Are we cool? I love how Simon cares whether he's cool with a little ten year old. <laughs> yeah, very cool. You haven't told Nick, have you? He says, and um, this is we... like the most. I know they're not. Um, they're not related, but this is just the most classic sibling. Like, don't tell. It is. Mom. Don't tell dad. Don't tell dad. <laughs> like, like I'm. We're best friends, aren't we? Please, I love you. <laughs> um, Nick gets a phone call later from Mrs. Green. Uh-oh. At the school. Oh, no. Simon has had... No, sorry, not Simon. Sam. It says Simon in my notes. Sam has had a meltdown and hurt another pupil. What's he done? He's only gone and thrown an exercise book at him. Oh, gosh. I know. It's probably covered in COVID as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't they, I hope things. he wiped it down before he launched uh, his uh, friend. Because, you know, secondary schools, still keeping that social distance in. Um, you got to you got to have your tests, didn't you? Yeah, it's all different in Weatherfield because they haven't had a lockdown, remember? No. Um, anyway, Jacob, meanwhile, is accosting Simon in the street. And Simon's said, look, I've got it all sorted. I've got my bad back. It's all, it's all cool. Sam's not going to say anything. And Jacob reminds him that if he messes up again, he's not going to be able to help him because he's got his big boss bloke um, who is a, a higher power. He's the, he's the Ridian of the drugs world. See, this is really intriguing to me because this person's been bigged up, haven't they? Like, for a couple of weeks now, this kind of shadowy figure, like, crime boss of Weatherfield. It's Pat Phelan's twin brother, I'll tell you. Is is it going to be another bloody what's-her-face? Debbie, not really. What's the name of the character? that everyone Roxy. Was... Roxy. Is it going to be another Roxy, where, it's, where this sort of faceless goon turns up and it's like, yeah, it's me. As long as, it's, like, oh. as long as it's not Mick. I thought it was secretly um, Mary. I, 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 Do you know what I, mean? I feel it won't I, be long before know, we find out. I don't know if they're making like, but Corey's done this before. What I'm pointing out is Corey's done this before, where they've big somebody up without realizing they're doing it, and and we've taken it and run with it, and everybody yeah. on on Twitter has been like, oh, I've got a theory, and then it just turns out it's nobody. We will, we will see, we will see, won't we? Um, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be somebody? Like, are they going to be even more exciting and charismatic than Jacob, or are they going to I be... I think they will be. I think it's time that we had another another Jez Quigley alike on the street. Is it going to be Ray? No, it's not going to be anyone we know. Do you reckon? I, I am rather sure. Do you know? Let's move on. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I hate you. I quit. Anyway, I quit the show. We, we also go, cut back <laughs> to Nick and, uh, and Sam later in the cafe, because he's been... He's been sent home or something or other, I don't know. It seems like that's what you want to do. You've got to do when you want to get sent home from school. Hey, you chuck an exercise book at somebody out. I'll try it myself when I'm having a bit of a hard day. Nick is concerned about his son's behaviour and suggests, why don't you write about what's been going on in your diary? Or what about that bike ride that you went on? Wasn't that a lovely trip you had the other day with, with uh, Simon, which just makes Sam clam up even more? Then Jacob comes into the cafe and you can tell what an evil scrot he is because yeah. he doesn't even have a mask on. Oh, what? I can't But No, hang on. Is he medically exempt? I don't think so. Oh. Although maybe that's why he's smoking that marijuana. Maybe it's for medicinal he's got, purposes. He's got terrible lungs. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he um, is the, uh, the true victim in all of this, not Leanne. It's always really interesting I mean, to me Simon. that somehow the people that have medical exemptions seem to cling together in large groups. Have you notice this? Oh, yeah, Very yeah. strange. Um, anyway, Roy stalls uh, Jacob, uh, not for any particular reason, but just because of, well, because of the mask, but Sam takes the opportunity to dart out the back and lock himself in the bogs. 
Um, meanwhile, we've got Nick and Sarah in the factory. Nick's telling Sarah he's very worried about Sam, but she says, don't worry, it's all normal. So Nick gets summoned then to go and rescue Sam from the Kazi. And Sam's like, is Simon's friend still there? And Nick says, are you scared of Simon's friend? Whatever it is, I won't be angry. Poor old Sam. I did feel very bad for Sam on Monday's episode. All the trauma and worry he's going through, what he saw, what he saw with those he's nasty boys. He's such an boys. innocent little soul. I know. So he, Nick takes him home. He's still very shaken. And then Simon comes, comes over as well. And uh, Nick says, right. Sam's been telling me something, Simon, and I want you to tell your mum exactly what happened last night. So Nick says that he, he mm. basically tells the story about the, the boots and everything. Yeah, Simon. Nick. Nick, Nick okay. says, this, this is what Sam said to me, right. Simon. And Simon's like, no, it's just a joke. We didn't mean we weren't mean anything. It was nothing at all, Sam. All he needed to do was say it was for our YouTube channel. Yeah, that would do. And it would have explained everything. It would have it would have just bamboozled Nick and Leanne, probably. They would have been like, are you getting money for it? <laughs> Not yet, but you wait. We're going to have some great pranks. Um, I've lost where I am on my notes now. Leanne, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Simon is just, yeah, he's insistent that he was just messing about. It's all fine. Uh, Leanne is kind of taking his side as well. And when Nick says, no, this isn't good enough, it wasn't. It's not a joke. It was real. I believe my son. Leanne tells Nick that he should go because she believes Simon. And oh, Nick, no. And Nick says the saddest thing is that she can't see something that's really, really wrong. What? What? Leanne can't see that... Well, she she's just he's just saying she's in denial about the scroped baggishness of her horrible son. So, Simon and Leanne are left in the flat and he gets the Leanish inquisition from her and she he's still saying it was just a prank she doesn't seem so sure about this at this point i think she was just defending him in front of the others um but yeah she she's suspicious and so um when she kind of doesn't immediately believe everything he says he stomps out goes to the chip shop to get some food and Jacob's there. We've never seen inside the chip shop for like 15 years in Coronation <laughs> Street, have we? I want to know what's, what's beyond those doors. I need, to, I need to say something quickly about um, the fact that Leanne was saying to, Jake, to Jacob and, and Simon, she says, uh, oh, he's, got, he's probably got lots of excuses because he was probably dragged up, but you've got no excuse. And I was thinking, I know you've done your best, Leanne, with Simon. But I don't. He's no saint. I wouldn't say that you that he has been raised particularly well, and I don't know that it was all your fault. (laughs) But we should probably acknowledge there were mistakes made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jacob says uh, because when Simon tells him he's this his mum's doing his nutting, Jacob says, "Don't worry. Look, if you keep these jobs up, you're gonna soon have the cash to get your own place. You can move out from your mum, and it'll attract all the fit girls too. So win win." Simon goes home. Uh, feeling a bit better, but Leanne bursts his bubble right up by emptying a bag of drugs onto the table. She's she's she likes emptying bags of stuff in front of Simon, doesn't she? Feathers, First it's feathers, drugs, now it's drugs. What next? Anything white and fluffy, she'll have it. <laughs> she's like a cat. <laughs> she start, he starts to say, "Look, oh, what are they doing? I've done, never seen these before. Oh no, my somebody God. must have planted them on me." Are mum. these drugs? <laughs> Um, and, but Leanne's like, I think you're involved in something a bit nasty here, Simon. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I, I am. I'm involved in this. It's drugs. It's your fault, Leanne, mum. I had mm-hmm. to take up, step up, take control. 
because you can't pay bills with tears and feathers. That's a good slogan. I'm going to get that put on a mug. <laughs> they they have arguments. There's lots and lots of sh- shouty back and forth all week. There basically is between those two, isn't there? Um, and she, he, he says, look, I didn't have any choice. You need me because you just can't cope without yep. with, with everything you're going through. So sorry, but not sorry. Some days you don't even get off the sofa and I'm in this deep all because of you. And he kind of leaves and then she's kind of, she's given a look she's of like, sad. yeah, maybe this is my fault. It's actually. not, listen, can I defend her here? We don't know why she does, she's not getting on the sofa. Everyone's assuming that she's grieving. Maybe she's doing what I've been doing, watching all the Marvel films. No, she's watching flipping Crystal Watson, isn't she? Yeah, but you, you got to have a break from watching the epic adventures of Iron Man and his merry men. Relax with a bit of telly psychic. Yeah. Um, she says um, she's gonna she's gonna uh, phone the police, and he says, "Well, you better not do because I owe these drug people a shed load of cash. Plus, if I become another grass, then you're just gonna lose another son." So I find this quite dumb. I find it quite mum. incredible that all the way through this, Leanne has not mentioned her own dabbling with drugs. I know. Can I'm just waiting for people? this to happen. Well, this was like 21 years ago. It was around the turn of the millennium when she was in deep with Jez Quigley, who we mentioned earlier. And um, I can't remember the exact details, but ask me again in about a year and it'll have been repeated on ITV3, so I can probably, uh, I'll have my memory refreshed. Oh, this story's not but she was doing drugs. She was going out with Jez Quigley, the drug dealer. There was one bit where she um, arranged, I think this was at the Millennium, actually, for the Rovers to be broken into by them so that they could raid the Rovers' tills or something. But yeah, she is, she, this is not the first foray into the world of um, drug legal dealing. drugs for Leanne and it is a bit surprising that she's not brought it up yet you would think she would like get her baseball cap turn it around get the chair sit on it the wrong way round and go listen Si you might think I'm an old square but I used to be pretty cool just like you and drug dealing and I'll tell you it didn't turn out that well for me and in fact I ended up having to go on the game is that what you want for yourself? <laughs> oh, I need you to think about this hard because this could be a very slippery slope. <laughs> I think, no, honestly, Gerald jokes aside, they should have a scene. If they don't, they're missing an obvious opportunity. And I know it that sometimes Corey characters not... forget things like this, <laughs> Kevin. But It feels really weird that she hasn't brought this up because it's not as though this wouldn't be something that you would say. Like you would say, look, look, Simon, you think I don't know about life. You think I don't understand. You think I'm some kind of hoity-toity, uh, uppity woman who, like, you know, crochets or whatever. I lived a life before you came along yeah, and it was I've stressful. I've got a techno rave CD on my CD rack. Look at... It's not all bros. Fat boy slim. Hello? <laughs> yeah, she, I, I think that they could have... A, a nice, quiet, reflective mum and son scene. But equally, maybe Simon's not in the state of mind to receive that yet and maybe I would rather see it I just think if it he's would calm down a bit if I was her and I was trying to get Simon to understand that this is not good I think I would use the fact that I had been through this exact same thing and it ended up very badly as as evidence that I know what I'm talking about well also involved in this story I mean which Jez Quigley ended up getting killed by Jim McDonald as did uh Tony Horrocks who Jez quickly killed or had killed or something as well. So she she is yep. acutely aware that this... Yeah. Yes, and I mean, also, if you think about it, this also gives her another reason, another credible reason, that not that you need any more, for her to worry about what he's doing. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen what happens, not mm. just to me, but to other people. 
Yeah, it it would be very remiss of them not to mention it. So I'll. Uh, I don't know whether they've decided. I'm just that trusting it's... them that they are going to. I, I mean, know... we like a shout out. They're going to call back the Corrie fans. I don't know whether they decided that it's too complicated and people won't remember. But I think it's a silly thing to not mention. It could literally be a scene. You don't need it yeah. to be. And and to be honest, they've repeated a lot of scenes with these characters. I don't know why they couldn't have taken one out. They could definitely make room for it, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Wednesday, and uh, we Leanne's having her morning cry. She's oh. listening to Ollie's music box. Scheduled in, Ignoring Toya, who's trying to give her a ring. And uh, she's there at work getting on with who knows what and worrying that oh. her calls are going straight Quality to voicemail. control. She tells Nick, who says, well, you're worried about Leon. I'm more worried about the company Simon's keeping at the moment. So Toya goes round to see her and I'm um, talking about repeated scenes. Here's take, I don't know how many, of Toya going round to try and offer a bit of support to Leanne and she ends up getting it thrown back in her face. Um, she's like, and um, because Toya's like saying, yeah, you know, just you just need to nip things in the bud with Simon before he gets into something deeper, like robbery or drug dealing, because Leanne hasn't gone into, you know, the full depths of what's actually going on with Simon here and then the hand starts using the old the you old lines know. of you don't know you, you can't tell me how kids. to parent yeah exactly yeah you have you you're yeah apart from that child you stole one time you've got no idea about giving parenting advice thank you very much so I don't know how to fly a to plane leave. but when when it lands on the ground and catches on fire I might know that they did something wrong exactly so um Simon and th- this is where to me, the story, which I was already fairly enjoying, rocketed up in my estimation. Yeah. Simon brings Jacob round for his oh, tea. Oh, such a naughty boy, isn't he? I know, they didn't even wash their hands before they started it. In those I know, trips. they should have come in, washed their hands. 20 seconds. Sang happy birthday to one another. Yeah. but um, and, and Jacob is just like weirdly creepily familiar with her isn't he he's not he's, he's so not showing any rude. kind of respect that you no, would yeah. do to a parent of a friend but i mean obviously simon and jacob don't really have that kind of relationship but he's just so menacing and, and scary yeah it's from that moment you kind of realize oh he really doesn't <laughs> doesn't care about no he's not he's, he doesn't care what they think of him and he's showing off isn't he yeah he's, he's, he's showing trying... his dominance over and he, and like the he person who's maybe can control simon it doesn't matter to him whether what anybody how anybody reacts because he's got all the power in the situation because he he kind of like if simon gets upset with him then then he wins because he gets to tell simon he, he can't there's nothing he can do about it and he would love it for for it to bother simon mm. and if simon like joins in with him or doesn't stop him, it shows that he has gained the complete control yeah. of the situation. And, and he's really kind of not not easing himself into it. He goes right for the juggler of like, yeah, I would, you know, talking about Simon's mum. It Jane, was oh, pretty grim. Sexy babe. Yeah. So Friday... I wonder what? whether Jane Danson got hold of that script. What well, do you mean? It's like, this is handwritten in. Are you sure this is the line? <laughs> yes, 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 newcomer. He, he says, say he says, Leanne is a sexy babe. The director's <laughs> like, oh, you must have a, a different script. <laughs> Friday then, Leanne in, <laughs> catches Jacob and Simon counting out their money on the table. And uh, he, he says just, he, he gives us some of the money. He, like, he, he might as well just, you know, push it down into a bride. Like, go, and, go and get yourself something nice down fresh goes. And tells her to shut up, which is amazing. I found, this is what I really... You thought this was funny, but this really annoyed me so much. I wanted oh, to kick him up and 
you, well, you know how you're supposed to kill a chicken where you pick them up by the head and then spin their bodies around and their head comes off? Is that, that what you works? do with Jacob? Is that, is that how did you learn that from Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to kill a chicken. Pick up a chicken and then just jiggle it until it stops clucking. I think this is a hor- not pleasant conversation. I'm sorry I brought it up. But um, we can all agree that Jacob should die a horrible death, surely. No, he's not. Okay. Oh, when I was watching him, I was clenching my fist like, oh, I couldn't cope like... Oh, you, oh. It doesn't, I do wonder whether we're going to get some kind of redemption for him just because there is this big boss who's controlling him and like he's Maybe. he's gone down the same dark path as Simon. He's just like so many steps one ahead of, one of the, lost the path boys. of Simon and and, and and Cy could be like that and you know given a few years or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, anyway, Jacob just carries on riling up Leanne throughout the morning who <laughs> accidentally knocks the music box off of the kitchen. Uh, oh, this was really annoying. I hate this. I hate it in the show when a character's been bullied and then they just kind of collapse on the floor crying and the person who's bullying them's like ha 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 and walks off oh very much in character for Leanne though just to sit yeah. around and cry yeah so we also the had the introduction of Carla and Peter to this story on Friday um Carla's still worried <laughs> about him going out drinking he's, he's going written, out saw him what? out dead early De- this morning dead early this morning <laughs> He's, he was out there having a walk. He says he just wasn't able to sleep properly. His mind this can't is mis- rest. And he's, he's, yeah. I what? think this is supposed to be mysterious, isn't it? Maybe. I'm, I don't know. Because he's, he is lurking around and he is wobbling about. He's going somewhere, isn't he? I don't know. I'm, I'm not particularly interested about where he's going. But um, yeah, she's worried he's maybe going out boozing or something. So she goes and tells Nick about Peter. And he says, oh, it's fine. I go, I go early morning jogging too. Maybe Peter's just the same. Nothing to worry about. Don't. Don't just just call just it, Carla. Up. It's fine. Don't talk to me about it. Um, later, we got Leanne begging Simon to stop what he's doing with Jacob, but he says he can't. He's um, he's trying to um, stop them going under because the financial situation uh, is so terrible there. She's a total wreck. Um, and this is literally the only way he can get money so that they don't get turfed out on the street. And she tries to say to them, look, we can be a team. We can get through this together. And, and he's like, no. I'm doing this my way, Mum. It's too late to turn back now. So Leanne goes nuts. She goes around number one to speak to Peter. Oh, this and was such a great scene. She's Car- so good in this. Carla's scene. there on the doorstep. Peter's gone out, and so she, Carla has to bear the full brunt of Leanne's desperation about wanting to talk to Peter so that he can come and sort his son out. Um, Leanne go, goes in, tells Carla about all the druggy stuff, and Carla says, "Well, you know." I don't think Peter's really in the right frame of mind for dealing with all this at the moment because he's been having seizures and things. And I, I didn't realise that Peter's seizures were a, a secret. secret. Maybe it was just kind of one of those handy, convenient things where they look back at the old script and say, oh, nobody mentioned, nobody it, mentioned to it to Leanne, so we'll assume that it's a secret. But anyway, um, if if he finds out about what's going on with um, with Simon at the moment, this is going to tip him over the edge. Peter must never know. Oh, no, Enter yes. Peter. What's that? What, what don't I need to know about? Uh-oh. Cliché load of rubbish that was, honestly. Oh, Michael, it's dramatic. Oh, and then how do they get... Do they tell Peter everything? No, of course. Carla makes up some amazing lie on the fly. About, Car- about Simon struggling with his A-levels. And Leanne, again, cliché as you like, just sits there kind of going, oh, yes, that's what it is. Ooh. Why was she doing that when she was so desperate? I know that she's only just heard about Peter, but I I, I didn't think that Leanne would. Have I thought that she really it, stayed quiet. It, no, there. it makes sense to me because she's what like she's trying to decide what to do because she can tell she can still tell him another time, but she can't untell him. 
Oh, I don't. Do you know. see what I'm saying? I know that she's still, she's obviously still cares for him after all they've been through together. But, but I this... just thought that she was so het up that she would have blabbed it out because Leanne does have a habit of just saying whatever comes to mind and not caring about the consequences or who she hurt. Yeah, this is so sad. How you know Peter's Peter's kind of been very selfish, and I don't think he's realised how selfish he's been because now he's not there for his kid when he needs him, you know? Because Peter's just of his... been, it's been a rubbish dad all of Simon's he life. Has. No, he hasn't been there for the... Like Simon said, he hasn't been there for the past 17 years. Why should he start now? I know, but it's so sad. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. And, it, you know, when when you have children, you can't... can't just be an alcoholic. That's my advice. Yeah, but best to stop. So you said that there was a mystery of Peter and all his going outs and everything, but he also has a bit of a wobble later, doesn't he? Well, this is the point, yeah. He says he hasn't been drinking, he's just not been well, she, sleeping, Carla and he's, accuses he's weak him. and wobbly. Yeah, because she's like, if you, you, you've been drinking, you've got to tell me. Yeah, and he says, no, you need to trust me, I don't need any extra stress, so that kind of is, is left there. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, really find it hard, and I assume this is similar to real life, when somebody who has been lying for years goes and gets offended when somebody does not believe them mm. immediately when they say something that they have previously lied about many, many times. Yes. Well, Carla has to put this but one little... I want to add, there's nothing more frustrating than trying to tell somebody something and they don't believe you. Oh, I know, I know. Even when you probably were being fibby about it before. <laughs> Carla has to put this little issue to one side for the moment because she has got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Speaking of fries for your fries, I don't even mean that to segue, but it kind of did. She goes over to the chip shop to go and lay into Jacob. I thought this was cool. Um, did you? I thought that it was just... I, some, I It started I just off cool and then it didn't go anywhere. <sighs> I just can't take Carla seriously when she really? goes and stands up to people like that. No, she, she's been through too much. The character's fallen so far that... <gasps> When she goes Rude. and, you know, goes back to kind of what the old Carla would have been like, I'm just watching it going, no, Carla, I don't I don't feel it anymore. It's sad, really. So she's I... having a go at Jacob mm-hmm. saying, oh, you're just playing a big no scary gangster. You. Yeah, you're just a little boy. You need to leave. You need to stop being Simon's friends. You need to break up or you'll regret it. And, yes. and he doesn't care. He's, he's, his reaction was, was like me, like going, really, Carla? You think I'm going to... Gonna take any notice of you? No, thank you. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna keep on doing what I'm doing. You need to keep your mouth shut. I didn't like the scene the way it ended just because it was very unrealistic, as far as I'm concerned. Which because, bit? well, he's like, Oh, shut up, nobody cares what you think. And she just kind of looks upset and walks off. Whereas in real life, you would just tell him to F off and, and walk off, wouldn't you? No, you wouldn't. I would. Well, Carla's not allowed to say that word. There's no way. I know. <laughs> But you you can't not have the last word because the last word can just be F off. I just think it just made look Carla look even more pathetic. That's what I she, mean. Came, she came off worse in a battle of wits with, with a, with a, with a, guy a that's what, got 20 year old guy, yeah. It's like, it just. I just think goes it's, I think it's silly. Become, really. Sometimes the way people choose to approach these things, it's like I, a middle aged woman who weighs about, you know, seven and a half stone. I'm going to tell a, a young lad that t- t- to leave somebody alone and intimidate him. It's like, he'd just break you in half. <laughs> um, what, well, I've lost where we are. So, so he tells oh, yeah, Simon, you, yeah. don't, don't, your, your mum's been telling tales. Yeah, you better tell her not to yeah. open a trap to anywhere else, anyone else. Or else. 
Everybody's so, all elsing everyone else. Peter tries to ring Simon because he thinks that something's going on, and he and, and Simon answers and is sounding a bit stressed because he's being accosted by um, Jacob at the time. So he, um, mm. so Peter decides to go off um, hunting for Simon just to check that he's okay. Um, he can tell Carla doesn't like the idea of him going out though because she thinks that he's just going to go and step off at an off stop off at an off license along the way, and she says, "No, look, I've just been to see Simon. I've sorted everything." And Peter's like. Thank you very much. I'm going to put my, my dressing gown and slippers on and carry on with my zebra jigsaw. Thank you very much. And wasn't too keen on that. I thought that he believed her quickly. a little bit too quickly. Why would he think she's lying? Well, it, it felt like the um, intensity at which Carla and Leanne were discussing Simon's issues earlier this morning. I know, but Peter's like, oh, you know it... women folk. They're always so. I, I, it didn't feel like something that everything. Carla would just be able to go and sort that quickly, and he didn't really want to know much more detail. How did you sort it with well, him? What's she, going on with his A levels? Is well, it, you know? it turns out me and Leanne have had a look, and he's been making notes and handing him in all these essays and things, and the teacher's been giving him zeros. We couldn't work it out until I looked at his pen and he's had the lid on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe if it was something like that. <laughs> But no, I, I thought that he accepted it too, a bit too quickly, but it's a, purely for soap convenience, I think. Um, Simon goes home, has a go at Leanne for blabbing to Carla, and then Jacob comes over oh. again. And the, <laughs> the, next, uh, next in the line of fire is his is her CD collection, where she's got... Um, what was it Why she had? Why do you make fun of her for having CDs? What? Surely everyone's CD collection is outdated now. Who's buying CDs? Very good point. He probably, I'm surprised he even knew what it was. She's got a bit <laughs> of... these little frisbees. <laughs> she's got a bit of Mamma Mia, hasn't she? She had a... But he, he was impressed that she had some techno CD there. What else would be on Leanne's uh, CD rack, Podgy. I wonder? Do you reckon? The, the theme, the soundtrack to Hackers, the movie, which, I tell you what, is one of the best movie soundtracks of all time. We, was it was it Tracy who liked Bross, or was that Leanne and Toya? I think that might have been Leanne and Toya, though. We know that Toya, uh, Leanne was definitely a Spice Girls fan back yeah, in the 90s yeah, as well, yeah. so I'm sure she, like many many of us, have got a copy of Spice on there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that might be triggering to a young lad into drugs. Yeah, I know, I know. Is that still a thing? Or was that a fad from a few years ago? I don't know. (laughs) They all saw that story with Summer. And then they're going, blimey, that's bad. Collapsing in the genel, that's not the life for me. Coronation Street's made this drug very uncool. Nobody can do spice anymore. (laughs) It was like when Tyrone and Kirk used to wear those um, black coats with a red and uh, white diagonal stripe on them which oh. uh, and then nobody bought them anymore because they were associated <laughs> oh, with those two no. like son of spellman drink smoke spice <laughs> no i'm not having that <laughs> um anyway he also finds a uh, nursery rhyme cd and starts oh, singing wheels on the bus don't think it's hers tune <laughs> yeah ed comes in <laughs> turn it up loud um it's yeah, a classic she, she, it's a classic but is it a nursery rhyme is it? I What's the difference? I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, no, you've opened a can of worms. <laughs> um, I would say... Row, 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 you I would say nursery one. rhymes... I know this is a bit off topic. It's, okay, it's more like them. traditional, uh, as in like, you know... What's little, wrong with wheels, little, wheels on the bus is traditional? No, I, I take... I, I know buses like, weren't invented in like... Yeah, exactly. It's like Little Miss Moffat and... I don't... Um, That's not a nursery. Round the, round the mulberry bush and... 
Those, these are know. rhymes. Oh, forget it. Then. Oh, no, that's know. a song, isn't it? Leanne Snaps. So what you're saying to me is that unless a Victorian nanny could have sung it to you, it's not a nursery rhyme. Yes, exactly. Rhyme. That's what I'm okay. saying. And what, what are the, what's the, the genre? The wheels on the penny farthing go round and round. <laughs> um, Leanne um, evolves into the final form of her... Um, Fishwife persona that she's oh, becoming sake. grabs the rolling pin, although it was one of those fancy marble rolling pins. But she never uses it. Brandishing it at Jacob, and I did wonder whether wouldn't it have been I amazing? Really wanted wouldn't him. it have been great if she'd have clobbered him around See, the head? This is where I would have loved, like, because Leanne was a hard case when she was younger. She was. Um, I would have loved to have channeled a little bit of that Battersby rage and told him if I hit you with this. No one would believe that I did it in anything out less than self-defence. If they come up here and they find me, a grieving mother, and you dead on the floor, a drug-dealing scumbag, who do they think? Who do you think they're going to believe? Yeah. You'll be dead and I'll get away with it, so you better leave. <laughs> Don't you think she could say that? She, and if she, if she uses... She was too riled up. She wouldn't have been Enough of her psychotic rage and just channels it into the rolling pin... Well, she does end up use channeling her psychotic rage into this. making her arms stretch really, really long <laughs> so that she can s- smack the, uh, the, what? The, the burrito out of his mouth later. <laughs> the jazz in, in, a, in a not so good um, socially distancing. I hate to say this, but I think if you've ever had anything to do with the police, you'll know that I, do, I genuinely think that they if there was trouble in that house they would believe leanne even if she started it oh yeah even if she hit him or anything they would believe her over him because they are they're trained to go with the most obvious solution to any problem and they also can be quite prejudiced against people who are like jacob who just so happens to be a drug dealer it makes me wonder what (laughs) simon would say in that situation would he immediately you know, go to his This would be a side. really good story. This would, or would be a really he like, good... No, he's kind of a mate. This would be a very good dilemma, wouldn't it? This would be a very interesting way for, where for the story to go because um, Simon's not really hanging around with Jacob because he he likes him. He's hanging around with him because he has an obligation. Mm. And through this week, we've seen him gradually go from unwilling sidekick to, like, um, moronic lackey lapping everything up and enjoying himself. Well, we've seen um, the, the extent that Leanne would go to to protect and try to save her last son. I know it didn't end so well for her. But Maybe she's it, it given may- up now. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is too much effort. I, I do wonder whether she could, you know, how far she would go for Simon. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to turn Leanne into a killer or anything. If but it would hit, have been quite cool if, uh, if she'd have given a bit of a clobbering. If Fizz can hit a woman with a chopping board for trying to kidnap her daughter, I think Leanne can beat a man to death with a rolling pin for making her son deal drugs. Mm. That's all well, I'm saying. He end, she ends up threatening him with Peter. Ooh, I hate I'm going to get his dad on you I as really soon as he's recovered this. from his alcoholism. Maybe it's because I know that I would never use you to threaten anybody. <laughs> You wait, wait till my husband comes home and he's going to beat you at Mario Kart. Um, I can be quite a threat at school, actually. What, against children? I'm going to go and get Mr. Dodson. Well, no, I threaten them with my mum. She's a far <laughs> scarier teacher than you are. Um, anyway, she Gillian stomps off because like, through all of this, Jacob's just finding it all amusing, isn't he? Well, she's, she's not really... 
You know, there was a bit where he was like, I don't know if she might hit me with his rolling pin, but I'm going to gamble no. Yeah, yeah. So um, she she goes off and she sees Carla handily in the street and Carla's like, we, like, we ought to, I think we better go down the police station now. And Leanne says, no, everything's fine. Jacob's got the message. He's done one. All sorted, Carla. This was so, so weird. the lies continue. This was stupid. This was like, this was silly. Why? I thought it was. I thought it was just. It's all just bleh, supposed to be her saying, "Don't get the police involved," and that's her way of telling Carla, "It's all over." She thinks that I know, she's but it's lying it again, now. isn't it? It's like the oh, the I know, story is just perpetuated again, but... by people lying to one another about things. Well, that's that's Corrie, isn't it? In yeah. a nutshell, sometimes. Um, so Carla goes home. Says uh, Peter says thanks for helping me out with all this today. Jacob, meanwhile, has made a hole in the sofa. Just for lols. Um, and uh, we have another scene of Peter at the end. And I, I thought he was going to collapse or something. He just had another little bit of a wobble. He came out the back, didn't he? And the camera was all a bit brown. This is weird. Murky. It is weird because it's... I assume we're supposed to think... Oh, I wonder if he's doing... He's drinking. What is he doing? Is he just going on walks? It's not very dramatic if that's what it turns out to be. I hope but it's something interesting. I don't want yeah, it to be drinking Yeah, but I can't think of either. what it can be. Like, what is he doing? Like... Tai Chi in the dark and he's coming home all tired out from it or is he part of Tyrone and Alina's sexy yoga class <laughs> yeah maybe that's it I don't know I, I have got I, I, I don't care right, I no, literally okay. do not care I know we're supposed to care but well then that's not, not and, and, and when we had the Peter and Lacala relationship stuff the other week I said oh actually I find the drinking thing more interesting this week just went to prove to me no I don't really, I'm kind of over that as well now I thought it was very um I thought it was very interesting when Carla was like trying to hide the fact that um Simon was in trouble from Peter and I really thought that was a good scene because I could I could sympathize with why both people were doing you know I could see why Carla was trying to hide this from Peter, but I could also see that it was really not the right thing to do. Do you think that Peter should be told, even though he might not be able to cope with it? It was just one of these, and again, no typical soap conundrums of like, if he has any more stress, he'll die. Just as the stress massive the stressful thing is going on for him. Um, he's going to find out eventually, and he is the dad. He's going to find out eventually and go, why didn't you tell me? And he'll probably say, Carla and Peter he'll probably go, again. Carla, you don't know because you don't have your own kids. And she'll go, Peter, exactly that. how could exactly. you say that? How could you use my uterus against me? Yeah. I, I, this story was going great guns until today when the, the, the inclusion of Carla and Peter just deflected from what I wanted to see, which was more menacing Jacob and, and Simon Dean his best blessing to be a, a proper baddie. I did a poll on our on our Twitter feed and it's still got uh, 18 minutes left but so far um, pe- most people think Carla is not right to to lie to Peter about Simon. 63% say no, bad. Um, yeah, I think she I think she should probably tell him because it's just going to make it worse when he does eventually find out but maybe I'm just thinking that because I know that it will come out and if it was real life Maybe you think you can keep but it. But the thing is, I thought this was really another fantastic performance from Jane Danson when she was standing at the door in the doorway and Carla and she's going, I can't cope, I can't do it, I can't I need I need help, I need help. And just that desperation of her crying, crying for help, and she's not got it, has she? And it's so I feel really bad for her. I feel bad for her. I definitely feel because bad for her. But then I feel bad fault. for Simon as and well. And it's not even her kid. I know Simon is her her son, but the the surely the responsibility lies with 
Peter, who has not, he's not, um, what's the word? He hasn't disowned Simon, has he? No. He just can't be bothered to do anything. Next best thing, though. He's such a, a, a poor I don't pup. want, no, I'm Father. not, I don't want to diminish adoptive parents because I think that they're just as important as biological parents. But my point is that, that Simon does have a biological parent and he hasn't sort of given him away for adoption. He still wants to be part of his life. When it's convenient for him. But I, I so I don't really think Carla is right to decide for Peter what's he, what he's allowed and not, not allowed to know. But equally, <laughs> there's nothing Peter's going to be able to do, is it? I wonder whether, like, maybe um, Peter might find out second, third hand via, like, Amy tells Steve, tells Peter, because we had those scenes last week, didn't we? Or was it the week before? I can't remember, of Peter and Steve together. So maybe that's how we'll find out. I don't know, but he will somehow. Yeah, I, th- I thought that Jane Danson was fantastic again this week. I really, really did feel bad for, for Leanne. I thought that the arguments that she and Simon were having were really, really well done. There were, there were some great performances on, our, on Monday and Wednesday's episodes, particularly. And, um, and it is another one of these situations that they've done a good job of... Um, giving you good reason to sympathise for both of them. I don't think either of them are coming across, to me at least, as overreacting. Apart, or... Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few bits where I'm watching this going, that doesn't really make sense. But on the whole, the conflicts are quite well Yeah, that's like with Simon that's trying to, you know, do the best for his mum. He's trapped in this situation. It does really feel to me... He can see that she's, she's struggling and can't raise the family properly. Yeah, so I just he's want stepping to say in the only way he can. It really does feel to me as though... It's another case of the same thing that happened to Sean, where if she just said something to somebody, this would stop. Like, Nick, I know you moved out and everything, and I said I didn't need money for the bills, but Simon's doing drugs to pay for toast. But I don't I don't know whether it would stop. The way that um, Jacob is um, describing the situation to Simon is it would it would get worse if more people found out about it. Whereas Sean's, si- Sean's situation literally Michael, that's was... that's just what a stupid kid's telling another stupid kid. So if Nick comes There's in... It's a shady and... world of... I know it's a shady world of drugs, but, you know, at the moment, Jacob's the only one around. Yeah. I'm just saying, if... My point, Michael, is that Leanne could have stopped this from happening by just saying to, to Nick, I actually would quite like help with the bills. Yeah, she's a bit too proud for that, isn't she? I I think that's stupid. I don't think you should be proud if you've got kids. Mm. Speaking, I mean, of... you can be proud. You can be proud if you want to, but you got to swallow it, and you know. Mm. And also, another thing: where's the food banks? Food banks exist. It would be quite nice if Coronation Street had a story where a family used a food bank because people need them. Mm, people mm. use them. There's nothing wrong with using them if you need them. That's yeah. what they're for. They shouldn't need. We shouldn't need them. But we we should destigmatize people that that go to them and curry be quite quite an interesting story, well, we, especially we, considering we've how... had a couple of nice characters come out of food banks in in the last decade. Dennis Tanner was at a food bank, as was Maddie Heath. Yeah, but we haven't mm. had one recently, and I think no. that they're much more widespread, unfortunately, in this country now than they have been before. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to change. What you were saying earlier about kids kind of got me thinking again about Leanne um, slagging off Toya and using her childlessness against her, which uh, I'm getting starting to get a bit fed up of now. Well, imagine if you were Toya then. Um, but it did make me wonder, like, what's going on with the fostering story? Has that stopped? Has it just been put on a very, very long hold? Because it was lovely at Christmas, but it doesn't feel like it's gone anywhere since then. And it doesn't feel like it's... You know, gonna be coming I back say, anytime soon. Put it it's off. Sad. Keep putting this 
this fostering storyline off until R. Kelly's old enough to not get fostered because <laughs> I am terrified of her. I think you might manage it, you know. I think she's going to be 18 before long. Please, so. God. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I was going to say something. In a, oh, I'm going to say it anyway. I must be the only person in the world with a countdown clock for a teenage girl for a completely different reason <laughs> to everybody else on the planet. Fine. Um, anything else with this one? Sam, also good. Most Very cute. At the beginning of the week. I, w- I want to say just quickly, I have heard people saying that they are starting to tire of his cute boy act. I can't say that I have, but I can see. Um, you I know, mean, I'm not. I mean, the, the you fir- don't want too much sugar, do you? The first episode he was in, he was just <laughs> fantastically, lovely, amazing, and and the the shine has worn off. The kind of the initial, I'm not bowled over it. Well, it's, and it's not eyes, novelty anymore. Yeah, exactly. My eyes aren't glistening this every is why time we, he's in the show. This is why we don't have children because it wears off really, really quickly really after a couple of months. But no, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still enjoying him, and I thought that stuff with Simon was good the other day. And what I really, really did like as well was the little interactions he had with Roy when they were talking about the uh, the long division there in the cafe. And I'm thinking, oh, could that be a little relationship there between Roy and Sam? Oh, Meeting of minds, I don't know. But anyway, jolly good stuff, this right, story. I, I very much enjoyed that. Good story. Let's talk about Jeffrey Metcalf, a.k.a. Yasmin, or Yasmin, depending on how you want to read the script out loud. Can they have a meeting at Coronation Street where they all agree on how to say certain words, please? There's not very many of them, but they're still a bit irritating, aren't they? Yes. And... On Monday, Elaine comes around to number four and sh- and finds out that Jeff has left everything that he owned, which is half of everything that Yasmin had, to Tim. Um, and Adam comes over and he says, oh, this is a significant amount of money. Um, you should probably think twice before you give it back to her. And if you want her to get it, it's you still have to have it and then give it to her, which is actually not true. <laughs> Yeah, you did a bit of research into this, didn't you? Yeah, there's a word. I can't remember what it, what it is, but there's a basically there's a word, and you can just say it. You know, I'm not going to have it. You can, you can. I thought legally, you said like deflection or something. It's something. It's some word. It's some legal word that just means that you say, "I don't fancy this inheritance." Thank you very much. Because honestly, that that there's no way. It just uh, logically, if you think about it logically, there's no way that somebody could make you have something. Imagine I wish somebody, somebody would try with me though. But no, imagine Let's if they... take this money, I'll go on No, there. imagine if they left you, like, some kind of rat-infested, like, um, house full of ro- rusty nails in Scotland. And they're like, if somebody breaks in and kills himself, you're going to get sued. And you're like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with a rusty castle in Scotland? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, some, yeah. some things are a bit of a liability. And it would be a bit... Or imagine if... Give it to Yasmin. Imagine if, imagine if you were a, an, an eccentric old dear and you had a horrible nephew and he was your only relative and he was allergic to cats. So you just got loads and loads of cats and then left them to him in, his, in the will. Yeah. That'd be a bit malicious, wouldn't it? <laughs> in fact, now I'm thinking about it, I might, I might uh, plan for some malicious bequeathments. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, Adam gives out really terrible legal advice. What's new? Over at Speed Dial, Yasmin's gone. Um, she's got another call about wanting money from a company. And Elaine says, oh, I might leave, actually. Um, and then she also tells Alia about the inheritance. And Alia, um, as you might expect, had a very measured and appropriate response. Very cool. She mm. didn't let it go to her head. That's all right, um, yeah. No, what she does do is 
dump a bunch of magic stuff outside Tim and Sally's house. And if she'd listened to the podcast, she'd know that that could go for quite a lot on eBay. Especially if it's, what is it, Johnny's magic box or whatever it was. <laughs> like Dean's magic cube or something. Um, she's, she's shouting and screaming at them. Um, and they don't really understand what's going on. Elaine says sorry about this. Tim goes round and tries to shout through the door. I'm not going to steal your money. I'll give it back to you. And then they're like, oh, let him in. Oh, thank you. How gracious. They don't apologise. <laughs> He's just said, sorry, I didn't know anything about this. But Yasmina's still like freaking out because this, this is so much stress. And she doesn't want it, does she? I'm getting stressed about this, just thinking, what? She or she doesn't want it, does she? Tim's, what, stress? No, I don't she, want no, stress the money. Either. Tim's saying, I'm just saying, I want you to have all my money. And Yasmin's but the thing, like, I don't want it, thank you But she's much. being silly because she didn't know, she didn't say she didn't want it before Tim had half of it, and now she suddenly doesn't want it anymore. <laughs> this reminds me of what Carla did. This storyline is very, very annoying to me because it feels a bit like um, Coronation Street... Unfortunately, her, yeah, it's the fact that they've done it with two very previously very strong-willed women who have had a mental health crisis and then said, I'm giving all my stuff away and now I'm going to be a nomad. So you're referring to Carla and the factory. Carla, when she had her issues, she gave the factory away for no reason apart from a plot device. Mm. And, and to me, it makes it feel as though Coronation Street's like, oh, women are so hysterical and irrational. Let's just have them give away all their stuff. You know, this isn't a normal thing for people to do. And then they, they've had two female characters do it in, a sp- in this very short amount of time. Well, I don't and think I'm it just... makes any difference whether it's a female or not. It just happens that it has been. It you just don't, feels... because you're not a woman, Michael. But in history, women have been con- con- constantly put down on for being hysterical and emotional, for having mental health crises that are often brought on by blooming men, like Jeff. It does feel like everything that went on this week just seemed to be a long-winded way of getting Elaine and yes, also George I... to stay on the street. Yes, I know, but what I'm trying to say to you is that you're not very sensitive to the fact that women have often been stigmatised for their mental health I know, issues. I know, I know, I know. So that's why I am saying this is, I think this is silly. Okay. So anyway. George, what's he up to? On Wednesday, Alia's trying to make Yasmin sell the community oh, yeah. centre. Yes, and she's like, no, I'm sad. And then George goes, looks at it and goes, oh, I, do you know, it would look really great here. And I'm like, oh, yes, a pet shop. And he says, a funeral parlour. Because um, it's near a florist and a solicitor and a cafe. And he's got a point, if you got to say, it's near Costa to so get a coffee. Oh, he did say cafe. He's, yeah, he said noises next door. And it's, and it's door. near the co-op. So yeah. you can get a magazine when you're bored at the funeral parlour. Um, Yasmin's getting more bills. There's one from the HMRC. Uh, nobody likes one of those. She opens it and she's flapping around going, this is a disaster, disaster. She phones Yasmin, um, Alia up. She's, she's going crazy. George sees her in the street. She's stalking about trying to get to Alia and says, I want to buy your community centre. She's like, ah, leave me alone. Both George and Tim were blissfully ignorant of Yasmin's imminent breakdown during this episode this was like they? this was so funny because um I know that often like the stereotype is that men will say um you have to spell out to me how you're feeling because you think you're giving me hints but I'm not picking up on the hints that you're giving me you're being too subtle if this is what they think is a subtle hint as a woman literally screaming at them I'm going crazy leave me alone and they still don't get it <laughs> I don't know what else could be said 
So she's screaming, screaming, and he's like, ooh, should I, I guess I should go through this list, uh, the uh, estate agent. Um, she leaves, she goes to speed dial, she says, the government are going to lock me up. Because the court summons, I've, I've had warnings, I'm going to go to prison. And Alex says, don't worry about it, Tim's going to give us money. I don't know why she thinks this is going to make any difference, because before today, that's what they thought was going to happen anyway. <laughs> um, George comes in to speed dial, and he starts talking again about buying this community centre. And Eileen says... He's just not picking up on the hints, is he? No. So, Yasmin. Yeah. Can I have the what community centre, please? <laughs> she's... She's... Um... <laughs> you guys all know that we're trying to try to buy houses at the moment. And can you imagine just what it'd be like? one would be nice. One would be nice. We only need one. Because uh, the stamp juice is too much if you get more than one. Um... So if you go to someone's house and they're like screaming, going, no, this is a disaster. Oh, my. You're like, I don't know if you're mentally prepared for the intense stress and paperwork that selling a property involves over many, many months. I think I'm not going to (laughs) bother. So... I think he's seen her and goes, oh, there's a, looks like there's a good play for wailing widows around here. It's good for the the old uh, undertaking industry. Um... So, yeah, he, he, Eileen's like, I think that she doesn't want to talk to you. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she gets on the phone to, to Alia. Tim comes round saying, oh, money, money. She's like, ah. Um, Jeff's everywhere. She's, she's freaking out. She's shouting. She goes home and she locks herself in and falls on the floor. So we, we get um, another classic Coronation Street sound effects, harrowing, fisheye... This this new, actually, the fisheye lens during the panic attack, wasn't it? Um, usually it's just, like, a bit wobbly and blurry, uh-huh. but this was a, yeah, a little bit different, but it was, um, yeah, an effects-heavy couple of scenes. So she, yeah, so she, you see a fisheye lens effect of Alia at the door going, Gran, open the door! Open the door, Gran! And um, it's always really funny how, if you actually listen in a scene like this where a character's freaking out to the characters that are talking to them, it also sounds like they're freaking out as well because they're, they're trying to say their lines and make everything sound like a sort of scary cacophony of noise. But Alia was basically, could see her gran was inside having a panic attack or stressing out and she's going, gran, open the door, open the door, gran, open the door, please let me in, gran, I need to come in, gran. It's like, that's not going to help, is it? <laughs> this is not a soothing thing to say. So, she collapses on the floor. That's what I just said. Yeah. And Alia sees her, runs around the back, finds her, and she's saying, I can't breathe. So, um, that she basically ends up going to, going to hospital. Um, and Sally tells Tim. Elaine, Sally and Tim find out. And uh, Tim's like, oh, this is my fault. And so they go to visit her. Yeah, I feel bad for them because they were in the middle of perving over Alan Titchmarsh, weren't they? They had to have it interrupted to go to the hospital to go and see Yasmin. Sad. Um, they, they keep her in overnight. And that's it. That's about it, really, isn't it? Uh, she recovers. Yeah, it wasn't a heart fine. attack. It was just a panic attack. Well, I say just a panic attack. They're not very much fun. It was just a major panic attack. Just a major panic attack. It was just your brain trying to... To make you think you were dying. Don't worry about it. It might happen again, though. Um, that's not helpful, is it? Yasmin says, "I'm not. I'm not mentally ill. I'm. I just need. I just need to tell you that my husband was horrible, basically." 
I think this is good to destigmatize um, uh, panic attacks because I've had one, you've had one. Mm. They're horrible. It's scary and um, you don't worry about it if you've had them because they go away. That's the thing you just need to remember. Yeah. Is that it's not going to permanently happen to you. It's just it's just something you need to get through and then you can laugh about it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um so Elaine and the the Metcalfs are talking about Yasmin and Tim says, I think you could help her. And Elaine really needs a project at the moment, even though she's just got a new dog. So I think she'd probably concentrate on that, but never mind. The doctors say to Alia, you might need, she might need counselling or antidepressants. You might need it as well, Alia. <laughs> you're a bit of a downer, aren't yeah, you? God, you're, yeah, you're a Um And Alia says, oh, you miss how Gran used to be, which I thought was really sad. We all do. I know, but it's sad. We're seeing, um, we're seeing bits of it every now and then. Um, Alia doesn't is not sure that um, that Yasmin's going to go for the the old medication route, but she also doesn't want to do counselling. She says, "I'm not going to talk about my business with a stranger." They're back home again, and Alia says, "You're just going to end up again hospital again." Um, why has nobody recommended yoga? I can't. I hear there's a really good class. At the community centre. <laughs> Not for much longer. Elaine comes over later and Yasmin says, you know what, you're right, I probably should go and see... Imagine doing yoga around the coffins in a funeral parlour. Imagine knocking one over. Ooh. Um, you should go Zombie and see... Zombie Ted coming out. The GP. I will go and see it. And then I, I wasn't paying attention to this, but Yasmin told Elaine that she gets some speed dial shares. She, she wants... She doesn't want Jeff's share of speed dial. She wants anybody else to have it. And she says that Elaine deserves to have it. And Elaine's like, well, I, I haven't done anything. I, I don't know anything about Pakistani cuisine. Well, what, why should I have this? And, and also at the same time, Yasmin's saying, and Alia, I want you to have Jeff's bit of the house. Nonsense. She just doesn't want anything from him. But I uh, wish she would just think that it's her house. It's not his house. She's like, Fine. I'll keep the house then, but Elaine needs to take the shares because Jeff, that would really annoy him and it'd be funny. So they agree that that is what's going to happen. It doesn't take long for Elaine to decide, does it? Like two scenes ago, she was like, no, I'm not having this. Don't be so ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to have your Pakistani street food restaurant shares. And then she's like, oh, I can earn money from this. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, she says, I will keep, I'll take the shares as long as you stay in this house. And then they have a drink and then... Um, <laughs> And then uh, Elaine's like, the only thing is that I live in Bolton and it's so, so far away. I might have to move here. And then um, Yasmin says, why don't you live here? And she, she goes, was, I wasn't fishing. She was taking a page out of Paul's book, wasn't it? Yeah. He spent the first half of the week going and telling everyone, oh, my living situation. Oh, with, with babies. With Chesney in the, in the quads is so bad. Oh, yeah. oh, Gemma hogs the bathroom. <laughs> so, looks like... Um, it's, uh, going to be Elaine and Yasmin as, like, one half of the, the Weatherfield Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Living in a house together, being, being roomies, doing each other's hair. It could be good. I mean, it's, it feels a little bit like when they had Kathy moving with Yasmin for a little bit, and then we didn't really see very much of it for a while. I've, I've not... I'm not saying I've gone off Elaine, but I'm not as enthused by her character as I was I still in the middle of the Jeff and Yasmin story last year. I still quite quite like her, but I, I just I almost want I almost want the story to move on and for them to have an adventure 
That's not about, Jeff. That's not to do with Jeff. Yeah. They need to go to a village where there's been a murder. So anything that is in 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 one way, it's commendable that both this story and the Ollie story are kind of continuing in a way, and obviously they've both taken you know different turns since then. And I'm I'm very surprised, honestly, that Jane Danson and Shelley King have still got so much to do mm-hmm. this year. But um, yeah, I I I'm kind of ready, particular for this one, for it to move on. And I know it's going to take her a while to recover and everything, but I'm not as engaged with it, it feels like it's petering out rather than... Going anywhere. Going, than carrying on as interesting because it it hits such highs. Yeah, it's hard to maintain it. Yeah. I really honestly, I know that was a throwaway line I just said, but I have just been struck with inspiration and I've decided it's the best idea what? ever that anyone's ever had. Well, you know, Corey used to do the spin-off DVDs and... Yeah, I do. We watched right? the QE2 one just this week. <laughs> so... I think that they should do one with Elaine and Yasmin going to a country cottage and having a murder mystery, but I don't think they should brand it as Coronation Street. I think they should just have, like, a feature-length episode featuring two characters from Coronation Street and have them do something that's different, but maintain the characters that they've established in Coronation Street and see if anybody who's not into Corrie would watch it, because I think it would be quite good. I think they're both really talented actresses. I think the characters are really interesting... And I think that it'd be really quite fun to watch them solve a crime. <laughs> Don't you think that would be kind of cool? Yeah. There's no reason they... why the standalone ones have to be totally branded to Coronation Street. No. They... And, and if there's one thing I know from watching just random telly, everybody loves crime dramas now. Yes, they do. They do. I, I, th- like I think this... they've, got, they've got good chemistry together, the two of them, but... Um... Yeah, well, I just, I'm not. I'm not feeling this story as much. If anybody wants to send me money to get this made, PayPal me. We we don't know where our new address is going to be yet. No, PayPal me. Um, I thought I did. I did really enjoy the panic attack stuff. I thought that was quite nicely done, and uh, and I know I don't always like the special effects stuff, but I thought that was good this week. I didn't think Yasmin was going to die or anything. But I thought she might be I, having it, heart attack. I felt it was. Oh yeah, I, I was quite surprised honestly when they I said thought, it was a panic would, attack on Friday. I would say I thought it was a panic attack and a heart attack. Mm. I thought it was. It was very stressful watching it, wasn't it? Yes, it was very stressful watching that, and it was very stressful watching, um, <laughs> watching Jacob terrorizing Leanne. Don't you think? I, I, I didn't think so that menacing. bit was stressful. I just thought it was fun. Um, what, what do you reckon about the old um, community centre potentially closing then? Sad or have we kind of got over it because it hasn't actually been used as a community centre for the best part of a year now? I don't even think, to be honest, it's ever really, really they hit its stride. Because it it, it's such a small little building, isn't it? It reminds and, me of the gym where you're thinking, oh, great, they could do this, that and the other, and then they never do. No, they they kind of use it for half-term clubs for the school. Um, the I odd wonder, silly exercise class every now and then, and, and that's about it. I wonder whether the, the issue is that it relies too much on complicated extra background work, because um, you either have to have a bunch of characters in there doing things, like a pub scene, I guess, but it's much more involved and complicated. And we know from hearing what people said to us about stuff like, oh, I hate doing wedding scenes because you sit there for days on end doing nothing. Maybe. Maybe if they had like a pottery class, maybe it's more complicated than we think to have people there doing stuff that isn't just sitting there talking to each other in the background of a pub. 
I don't know. I don't know either, but it seems weird that they had this thing and they never did anything. I'm not I I can't say if if it does close, I'm only speculating here. I don't I can't say that I'll be that sad to see the back of it. I thought it was a nice idea when it started and I like having the idea okay. of Yasmin being a business owner and her having her own little project, but I agree. I agree with you, but I don't want a. I don't want a funeral party. I don't mind a funeral. Why don't if you? If people fu- are going to be upset by a, a funeral, a comedy funeral, they're not going to enjoy a comedy funeral home, which is what it's going to be. Oh, well, if I'm it's not... not a comedy funeral home. It's going to be a tragic comedy, a tragic <laughs> funeral home, and that's worse. No, I don't mind. I mean, I'm not really. I'm not thinking about what everyone else think about it, but. It it does seem that Coronation Street wants to just make it so that nobody who lives there ever has to leave the confines of Coronation Street, Rosamond Street, Victoria Street. And um, there certainly are a lot of funerals that need to take place here. So why not? I don't know what they could do. The thing is that the people don't need to go to funeral parlours very often. This is the thing. It's not like there's Occasionally they do. Yeah. How many people die? How many major characters die on Coronation Street every year? Like one or like two or three maybe major characters. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. But I I I don't mind. I mean, maybe it is the fact that they they want to have a a place that because it's such a small building and they they don't want to have lots of people. They want somewhere that not lots of people have to go in. I don't Pet know. Shop. It's it's fine. It's fine. Um, well, I don't know whether they're going to. I think they they need to do something with George because he's been in the show six months now and, and not really made that much of an impression. So, uh, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, anything else to add to this one? Ed, what What are your thoughts on it? I've given my thoughts. Have really. you? Are you Are you getting bored of the story? Because or are you still invested? I liked the sto- I really like the idea of how is she coping and the aftermath and financial abuse and you know the pitfalls of it but it feels like it doesn't feel realistically handled because you know she's dealing with the aftermath of him taking out loans in her name as a sort of a malicious kind of way to to control and abuse her and her response is to is to give it away do you think that she it should give really it away? It feels really disjointed and there's no plan because one minute she's selling the community centre, the next minute she's giving out shares of her business. She's either really desperate for cash or she's not. She either wants to sell the community centre or she doesn't. And if she doesn't, she needs to come up with a plan. Do you see what I mean? It's like, it's like oh, the bills, the bills, the bills are too much and I can't cope, but I'm going to give away my assets. I don't actually even know whether you could. If you're about to enter bankruptcy and you give assets away to your relatives and friends, is that not a massive red flag that you're not actually allowed to do? Is that not what Pat Phelan did when he was going to go bankrupt and he put his house in his wife's name? Isn't that what dodgy people do? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just don't think that this would work. I think that the the people she owes money to would say, no, (laughs) you can't give give that to Elaine. That's ours. I don't know. I don't know. Right, let's can move you see, on. Can you see yeah, how it's either a problem or it isn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Nina and Asher story now. So, um, oh, the, this was sweet. It, this is this is very sweet. So Nina is. Um, uh, we learn over the course of the week definitely not as invested in this relationship as Asher is, and she's on Monday trying to put off, put Asher off coming along, bat watching with her and Roy, and Asher says. 
well, you know, as we're we're a couple, we should do more things together. Maybe I'll come along to you back watching. It'll be fine. And Nina is being very insistent that we should have our own interests too, you know. Um, she's also got a little project going on there where she takes some corset designs to Nick and Sarah, and Sarah thinks they're brilliant and wants some more short designs. So it looks like the... I, I, I kind of got lost with with what Nina's doing with Underworld anyway, because I thought she was already doing some designs for them anyway yes, from a few months yes, ago. Yes, she was. But is she just maybe freelance Nick a drawing? I don't know. Well, it seemed like she was pitching. Yeah, yeah. And this was like the, the dream meeting, wasn't it? She goes in, she says, here's a picture that you asked for. And they said, yeah, I like it. Can you do it in black? And she says, yeah, you asking me? Of course I can. And they're like, great, meeting adjourned. Yeah. Brilliant. Please sign me up to the the Sarah and Nick School of Business meetings. (laughs) That's the only thing they can do right, to be honest. Um, We had Amy making a brief appearance in the story as well later. She goes into the cafe and has a bit of a go at Nina because Asher's told her that she's blown off in favour of this bat-watching with Roy. And so Nina realises maybe that Asher, she she needs to apologise to her. So she goes over there and... um, Asher is upset that Nina's been talking to Amy about them. And Asher says, yeah, sorry for sharing our secrets. Um, but in any case, it is definitely, definitely good for us to have our own hobbies and we don't need to be in each other's pockets all the time, do we, Asher? Um, and, oh, no, sorry, no, that's not right. Actually, it's, no, it's Asher that says that. I'm remembering now because she then goes on to say, yes, it's good for us to have our own interests. And, and Nina kind of smiles to make, as if to say, oh, yes, you got it. And then Asher says, oh, yeah, I read that online, which um, Nina thinks is a bit, she, she's not too impressed that she didn't come to that decision herself. She just read it on her socials or something. So Nina um, ends the episode by talking to Roy about Asher and how bat watching really wouldn't be her thing. And she also makes some kind of pointed remark about the fact that Asher hasn't updated her relationship status on her social media yet. Roy's got no <laughs> idea she what she's talking about. Wednesday, um, it is Dev's birthday happy birthday devster um the twins have got a card for him but no present so it looks like they're going down the classic surprise party route which as far as i remember the last time they did that with dev it kind of spoiled some sort of date that he had with stella or something like that but they're going to give it for another go um he goes off to the bistro they giggle about the surprise party or whatever it is they've got planned Meanwhile, in the cafe, Nina is saying that she's fine about this party being family only. Um, and what what was the thing? Is, I kind of lost track of this. Had she, did she like pretend that she, she pretended that she had to work or something, didn't she? She didn't really she want, was... she doesn't really want to go along to Deb's birthday party, does she? I don't think she does. Because she, she doesn't want to be, you know, married off, I think she says. Uh, later off to Asher, it's all getting a bit too fast and a bit too heavy for her when she's just interested in a in a bit of fun and spoken word poetry sessions. So Nina and Ardy um, have a little scene later in the cafe and he says that Asher's sulking because she thinks they've had some kind of row or something yesterday. I'm really not liking how much Asher's going off and talking to other people and they're coming back to Nina. This is the, this is the second time now, because didn't Amy do this yeah, last yeah. week? No, she did it this week. I literally were talking about it while you were not listening to me and fiddling around on the iPad. Well, okay. I still understand the relationship. Yeah. I still watched it. Well, she, I think um, she's just not over the moon to be in a relationship and wants to talk she's and not, tell everyone about it. No, she's moaning it. to people. She seems to be moaning about, about Nina to other people. 
Oh, yeah, I suppose so. She's not going, oh, Nina's so so great. Mm. She's going, oh, Nina doesn't like me she did. She did have a scene with Adi today saying, oh, Nina's so great, but... um. Anyway, Not the most important as... thing about this scene is that Nardi's got to have a waz. Yes, yeah, he goes off to have a waz, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, later, and Nina is with Asher at the house, and they're making this family photo album. So Nina's come up with the idea that they get all the family um, stock, uh, what is it, publicity photos together and headshots. stick them all in the photo album together with with the twins and Deb and Sunita and various incarnations of Ardy. I can't believe how old Sunita was when she died. 35 when she oh, died. She might as well Blimey. just have thrown herself down the stairs. Anyway, they have a bit of a dead mother's club bonding session because, yeah, both of them lost their dear mothers before. It's like the Dead Poets Society. Before there was a dead mother's club. A, it's not a good spot. age. So Asher says, look, Come along to this party. Nina says, I want to, but I can't. And I, I don't know whether Nina wants to or not. But anyway, Ardy hears Roy later thanking Nina for offering to yeah. stay on later. Because Nina's making out that she can't go to the party. But it looks like, yeah, she has said to Roy, can I stay and work at the cafe? And Ardy well, goes to her and Roy says, why. yeah, Ardy says, look, you need to appreciate what you got with my sister, actually. You blah, blah, blah. Ardy's going to Nina... Why do you think you can get out of this bloody party with Dev? Dev thinks, no. Adi, He's going to be Adi your future go father-in-law. You've got to suffer with me. Mm. <laughs> um, Asher admits that it maybe feels, feels a bit too soon to be going to these family occasions. But they all go anyway. Asher's chuffed when Nina tags along with Asher Adi. or Nina? What? Asher is chuffed when Nina... No, before that you said... Ne- Nina decides to go, does she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dev... That thinks the family album's great, is very happy with the golf experience that Ardy's giving him. Um, and Dev is so happy that he wants to make a speech, so he does. And he raises Bless. a toast to his kids, who are all thoroughly decent human beings, he says. And he also wants to thank Nina for making his little girl smile again. He says, you're part of the family now and we're never going to let you go, ever. Reep, reep, and Nina's reep, like, uh-oh. <laughs> she does a fairly good job of covering up these uh, alarm bells that are ringing in her head. But you can tell that she uh, desperately wants an exit strategy. She ends up just staying there for a little bit, doesn't she? Because she has to go back to the cafe again or so she says. Um, and uh, Roy has a bit of a go at her for leaving the cafe and she, she tells him, like, I'm actually kind of struggling with this because the Allahans have married me off already to Asher. She, we just need a little bit of fun. I had a, I had a rough few years what, with my dad being ill and everything and um, I'm not ready to settle down quite yet. Um, so Roy lets her go over to Asher and try and sort this all out. And um, Asher's too busy gushing about how awesome Nina is and how she loves her. And Nina is like, oh my gosh, she said the L word. Uh, back in the cafe, Nina tells Roy, I just need to get over my commitment issues. Um, I think if Asher loves me and I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, maybe I should just, uh, well, maybe I should just go her, along and accept her love. Her analogy was, I thought she thought it was kind of, if there were two doors and one yeah. of them had Asher behind and one of them didn't, I'd go in through the one with Asher behind. She no, says. well, she said, if there was a door with Asher or a door with nobody, I would pick the door with Asher. And I think she thinks that is supposed to be the reason to date her, but it really is not. It's not. You can be alone and you can be happy. And if you're with the wrong person, it's worse. Is she kind of saying that if, there, if it isn't Asher, nobody else would have me? So... No, I don't think so. I think she's just saying, I don't know. 
I, I don't think she's got that l- l- little self-confidence. I just think that... I think that she, I think she's trying to convince herself that it's good, that this relationship is is good and is going to work out. But I I I think she knows deep down inside that she has reservations. And Nina t- comes across as the sort of person to me that doesn't necessarily need to be in a relationship. I agree. With Even you. the whole bit about just needing a bit of fun. It's like I think she's perfectly fine, content with her own company, really, because she was she was locked up in a flat with her dad and. Um, just getting on with the drawings and everything. I, I, I think I'm not, she's going a bit mental. I don't know. There. I'm not. I'm not, not to surprised. Use the, the, a stereotypical word. I'm not surprised that she's um, yeah, not not really enjoying all this attention that she's getting. Did you um? Do you think that Asha is coming on too strong? Can you blame her for what she's doing? Um. Say that again. Can you blame Asha for coming on so strong? Do you think okay. that? Now I'm. I didn't want to say anything about this before. I just quickly double checked. This was a, a thing, but I believe there is a stereotype that lesbian relationships move quite quickly, and like there's there's like a joke, um, like a lesbian second date is buying a house together. <laughs> so I've never heard this. Um. Well, I don't know that you would have much occasion to. Uh, I guess not. Um. I I I don't know how true that is, but it you know it's a stereotype that exists, and I think that um, you could you could argue that Asha is a sort of in that frame of mind. I think she's been hurt by boys before. She feels it's scared, but she thinks that Nina would never hurt her, and I don't think she can imagine never not being with Nina any you know in the future. Like she thinks that her whole future is with Nina. But she's not never had like proper boyfriend before. No, there was Corey, but she always felt that it was something a bit off here, and so it almost feels like this is her first proper relationship. And I think she's like, I think know, it's in the, yeah, in the, in the thralls of first proper love, and yeah, uh, is, is it's maybe sweet. yeah. I think she, I think it's partly that it's partly that she feels safe with Nina in a way that she might not with a boy, because um, you know, women tend to be more emotionally engaged and perhaps a bit more sensitive, so. Maybe she thinks that Nina would um, be more in tune with how she feels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she feels like Nina rescued her in a way from yeah. Corey as well, hasn't she? Yeah. So she's well, she kinda, she's she just uh, blinded by all of that, really. And so I, I think it's very, um, very believable her her reaction. Both both of them are really. I think it's um, it's just quite a nice little story the way this is ticking along. I think it's really interesting. I think it. I think it feels. A very like a very honest and unsensational lesbian yeah, it does. relationship. It feels very unsensational, which is and, kind of what and it's in I total like contrast it. to the Kate and Rana stuff. Yeah, and anybody that can understand why we were criticizing Kate and Rana, I wonder what they think now of the way that Nina and Asha are being portrayed, and whether they can see the difference in the the titillation and the the like the fan baiting that went on with Rana and Kate compared to this. This feels very respectful of their experiences of being lesbians or however, whatever label they want to use for themselves. Um, I just think this is tactful and sweet and, and realistic and a bit messy, just like a real relationship. I think they are expecting us to be a bit more invested in this relationship than any others because if you'll notice there's a lot of like there's so much 
detail going on here about the very minute details of he said, she said, so-and-so told me this. Um, are you sure that you feel that way about it? Most people on Coronation Street, when they get into a relationship, you know, it's... Just up it's, them stairs, missus. Yeah, it's like snog each other, jump in bed, think about it afterwards, and then we never see them again until they break up. There's yeah. so much care and attention that has been taken with how this relationship is developing... I just really appreciate it and I think it's lovely and I don't know where it's going to go and I don't know if next year they're going to still be together. But I really like the fact that they're being given so much breathing room. Mm. Yeah, no, I do as well. It was I was disappointed that it didn't carry on on Friday, though. They're just doing it in you know little chunks, aren't they, yeah. this story, it seems to, at the moment. <laughs> that was so, my nickname um... when I was a girl. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, again, just <laughs> loving everything about it. Dev's amazing. Um, I love it when he was when he was talking about being on cloud eleven, <laughs> and and Ardy as well. Just Ardy's fantastic. turning into a tiny dev. He's so so He's such, so good. It's such a a funny little. I I really hope he gets his own story soon because he does feel like a bit of a hanger on to this, doesn't he? I know, but I still really appreciate it. I I much rather him like this than you know moaning at Asher for for sleeping with a boy like yeah. he was before yeah, and getting I, all I teenage really, angsty. I, love, I, I think they. They've really, like, it's quite astonishing how quickly they've managed to settle into a really nice groove of who Ardy is and how he should be written for and how he's played. Yeah, yeah. Right, shall I do the hallucinating? Yes. So on Monday, um, Johnny <clears throat> Johnny and Gary are talking about their relationship issues and Gary, and he's like, Gary, just hang in there with Maria. It's just a blip because Gary's like, oh, I feel like my relationship with Maria's over. Hardly ever see her these days. <laughs> um, and they're talking about the fact that there's a drug dealer who is worried that somebody's encroaching on his patch. And it turns out it's all a bit of a misunderstanding. But in, in prison, misunderstandings tend to get a bit stabby. Yeah, yeah end in a shanking. So he, the drug dealer goes to Johnny and says, somebody's seen you with, the dr- with drugs, with pills. I'm the one that deals the pills around here, not you. And Johnny's like, oh, no, I haven't done anything. And so then he gets a boot in. That's a boot in. Um, Ed asks Jenny how Johnny is. And she's like, oh, you know, he's he gets through she's it. She's kind of masking the... her sadness at being separated. Yeah. Um, Jenny's being beaten up while she's talking about this. Johnny so... is. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ed, why are you beating I'm me? I'm answering your question. Why are you so intensely I- interested? <laughs> um, Daisy's dilly dallying about. She's trying to. She's getting ready to go out with Jenny. Then Jenny gets a phone call about the prison about. Johnny being beaten up and Daisy's mad because she wanted to have fun. She wanted to have Jenny all for herself. So Johnny gets a visit from Jenny and he's like, oh, nothing, you should see the other guy, ha, ha, ha. And she says, listen, tell me the real truth of what is happening. And he admits to her that he has not been taking his pills and she says, you're a silly man, naughty, naughty, naughty. And he says, I just want to see Aiden's face. And... Jenny says, if you do that, you do exactly what Aidan did to this family, only slower and in plain sight, which was a very chilling and mm. um, scary thing, probably, for Johnny to hear. And it kind of shakes him up, doesn't it? Um, Jenny returns and Daisy's got a takeaway. And Jenny tells her about Johnny. And Daisy says, oh, she's, she's choosing his dead son's ghost over you. And Jenny says, I would feel the same way about Tom. And this is interesting because I assume that Daisy and Tom were were brother and sister. I think so, maybe. I I've not 
not completely sure about that. But... I'm waiting for Je- for Daisy to reveal that the reason that she is trying to break Jenny and Johnny up is because she secretly wants Jenny to get back with her dad. I don't know. Daisy says, you deserve a million times better than Johnny. You need to end it. There's nothing left fi- worth fighting for. So on Wednesday, she's still moaning about Johnny and saying he takes her for granted. And Jenny, Jenny's getting annoying and Daisy gets annoyed and leaves. And so Daisy starts texting somebody. And then we find on out... On Jenny's phone. Naughty lady. Don't ever leave your phone anywhere if you're on a soap. Take it with you at all times. The bloke from the bistro turns up and he this is... Bloke, it was the bloke who... Um... It was winking at Even Jenny a few weeks ago. And then, and Jenny, and Daisy, Daisy went number, over yeah. to it, yeah. So um, he's, he's um, you, you know, sort of... He's quite Jenny's a charmer. Like, and uh, she says, go and talk to him. Daisy says, go and, Jenny, go and talk to him. So he goes over and says, um, oh, should we have a drink? And Jenny says, oh, I don't think my husband would approve, but I am flattered. And he's like, what the hell did you invite me here for then? And uh, Daisy's like, hmm... Oops. Yeah, she gets herself a death stare. I don't see how she thought this would go. Well, so, she hoped that Jenny would realise there stupid. are, you know, other fish in the she, sea. Daisy takes... Punky fish. Daisy's escorted out the back by Jenny and they have an argument. She says, I've got no intention of leaving Johnny. Je- Daisy says that Johnny doesn't love her as much as she loves him. And Jenny says, everyone's different and they love each other in their own way, which sounds like the sort of thing you would say in court when you're being... To take being in trouble for abusing your child. <laughs> um, she sends her back to the bar, gets on the phone, and Johnny says, I haven't taken my meds yet um, because I just want to see Aiden. And Jenny says, Look, can you just do it, please? You choose between the living and the dead, take them for me. And so he does. And Jenny's still mad at Daisy. That was, that was a really, really heart-wrenching scene at the end there Johnny he, he apologises to Aiden yeah. doesn't he he's like oh, I'm sorry son I, I think Richard Hawley's been fab in this I'm really he's I'm, really good I'm really a bit sad that this story has been sidelined so much it's, it comes in every now and then and we, we've not seen much and uh, he's either he's either a fantastic actor or he's actually been living in a prison for six months because he looks like L it just it, it feels like this should be a bigger story it feels very simple. It's like he's in prison. There's a baddie. There's a nasty cellmate. Um, he doesn't want to take his medication. Then we leave him for a few weeks, and then he takes it. It just it just a, it feels a little bit simple. I, and I don't know whether it's over now. Whether you know is that it for Johnny until he gets released? Or... Who knows? What What did you uh, did you um? What what I also I, I I just thought the whole of this story was filled with lovely performances actually this week the bit this where whole Jenny week was. the bit where Jenny goes to see Johnny and has that little heartfelt conversation with him um in the in the visiting room I thought was fantastic both of the characters were played um yeah very 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 seriously and um you know I've sometimes had a problem in the past with them go, going too far on the comedy side with Jenny's uh, character but this was very very heartfelt stuff and I also really really appreciated the fact that um Daisy got a telling off from Jenny because we've had too much of over the past few months Daisy saying you just need to jump dump Johnny dump Johnny dump Johnny and Daisy and Gemma and Jenny going oh yeah be quiet but she gave him a prop gave her a proper telling off and talking to so I was very proud of her for standing up for her man because I I was a little bit worried when I um saw that guy from the bistro was there I was like oh what's gonna happen is 
um, Jenny's almost, um, or jo- uh, Johnny's going to say, I'm not going to take the pills. And Jenny says, oh, well, you know what? Maybe Daisy was right all along. Stuff him. I'm going to go out with this other guy. And then Johnny takes his pills and he's like, Jenny, I've chosen you, but it's too late because she's already bunked <laughs> up with Bistro yeah. Man, you know? No, and- she goes to the prison and says, Johnny, I've got to tell you something. And he says, before you tell me that, I want you to know I've taken the pills for you. What do you want to say? Nothing. And she says, oh my God. No, I, I, it, it feels like everything's going just the way I want it to in the story at the moment. But you're and still I, I do, I am, no, I'm not moaning you about it. You said it was it. too simple. It's got a perfect resolution so far, but I'm worried that it's not a resolution. Like, usually when I'm feeling just nicely satisfied about a story, like I'm on this one, something else comes up and throws a spanner in the works, and I don't want it to. I mean, surely it can't be over with Daisy already. She's not going to give up telling Jenny to dump Johnny that easily. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but... um. I'm enjoying it while I can, you know? Yes. Um, do you think that, that we've seen the last of the Bistro Man? Did he get a name? <laughs> I don't remember. I didn't I call know. him the Bistro Man. He got, I mean, he got a speaking line in this week's episode, which maybe made me think that, that you, they've got a bit more for him to do. And he's also, when I was watching him, I was thinking he looks a bit like Carla's bloke, Lucas. So I don't know whether... If uh, Jenny was appreciating the attention she got from him, maybe he's her type and she's going to end up going out with Lucas instead. Somebody in casting's got a type is what that means. <laughs> anyway, this this was great stuff. Very, very, very much enjoyed that story this week. Um, yeah, very proud of Jenny and Johnny for the actions that they took. Paul. Pull your life together. Also, great story. What a revelation. Getting Paul away from I know. Billy and it's Todd. Suddenly you like him again. It's like it's like a, a massive weight has been lifted off this character. <laughs> and it's like this is yeah, this is the best I've found uh, uh, Paul for It's because he's not scowling in the background like a little boy that's just been told off for not you know, putting the toilet seat down or something, mm. you know? He was always being scolded by Billy about something. Yeah, or or um, having horrible flashbacks to his um, yeah, terrible childhood and abuse with Cal. And, yeah. and this wasn't about this. It no, was it was just... about how to fix a cabinet. And at the end of the day, the moral is nobody knows. Even if you look it up on YouTube, it's, it's quite impossible. hard. It's impossible. So next time we have DIY issues here and you tell me to look at a video, I'll say no. <laughs> Ask Paul to do it. So on Monday, Paul is moaning about the fact that he lives with babies to Ed. And Ed's like, go and fix a cupboard door, please, in Daniel's house. So he's there. <laughs> this was funny because he's there and he's he's sitting on the floor um, with a screwdriver and, and the YouTube video. And he's watching it so conspicuously that, that Daniel cannot help but hear him. At least put your headphones in so that people can't tell that you're doing it. <laughs> so Daniel's, when he finishes, he's like, there you go. And Daniel's like, "This are you joking? This is absolutely awful. This is worse than it was before. And comes round and says, what's this? And Paul says, I said I did a course. I didn't say I passed. <laughs> you should have double checked, shouldn't you? It's your fault, really. Um, and he goes off like sad, doesn't he? And all dejected. And Ned's like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, I thought I was fired. And Ed says, nope. I will make you my new apprentice. And so on Wednesday, um, Paul goes around to sorry to say sorry to Daniel about screwing up his cupboards. 
<laughs> even though he asked him to screw it up. <laughs> Come around and screw up my cupboard. I thought you got the wrong end of the stick here, Paul. Paul, you've done, it. You've done exactly what I asked you to. <laughs> but I didn't mean that. Um, what was that discussion that Roy and Nina were having about the word literally and figuratively oh, the other God, day? God, I don't know. Um, Paul says, um, my head's everywhere at the moment. What with the fact that I've got, I have to live with twins? Hint, hint. I mean, quads. I am a twin. I don't have a problem with that part. It's the quads that I don't like. You've got one less person living in this house than you did a few years ago, haven't you, Daniel? You've got a spare. <laughs> <laughs> How's Sinead? Oh, yeah. She's dead, isn't she? Um, Paul, uh, yeah. And Daniel says, why don't you live with me? Because this week's Coronation Street was people dying of stress or moving in with people as their roomies. Yeah. I, I, yeah, lovely. I think Move that... into Adam's old room, he says. And Paul says, Oh, yeah, there's yes. Adam that used to be there as well. It wasn't just Sinead. So many people have left. I mean, honestly, Daniel's got the most luxurious amount of living space. I know. In the entire Weatherfield area. I can't believe that the local housing officer hasn't come round saying, you've got a spare bedroom. We could fit a family of five in here. I don't know who you think you are. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I thought this was great. I mean, there's not much to discuss plot line wise, is there? But like, this, it just feels like um, he's now got all these opportunities that he never had before. I think that it's shown. Leaving Billy's it's the put, best thing that ever happened. It's to put it. him in a good light. It's put Ed in a good light. Yes, um, it was very nice. And to Daniel see. as well. All three of the, those characters yeah. there just came across as as lovely. Yeah, this was a really nice um, a, a sort of bit of character development for for Ed, who who said. Look, I know you lied to me. I can see why you did. You wanted a job. You know, I kind of made you have the job, to be honest. At the end of the day, he was hassling him, wasn't he? Yeah. Was. Um, I don't mind, you know, don't lie to me again, but let's train you up. I thought that was sweet. It was, because, yeah. It, it, I think Ed was also going, you know, I'm going to pay you less, of course. He could have just <laughs> fired him, but he didn't. I thought, I thought yeah. you're right, good, good. Yeah, good moment for Ed. And he wasn't, he wasn't even like, oh, I'm doing you a favour or anything. He was just like, okay, well... This is how it all could be then. Unfortunately, what I've got in the back of my head is Coronation Street probably do want us to be a bit sadder than we actually are that Paul and Billy have split <laughs> up. No. And I still think that they're probably going to get back together again and we'll I be watching going, that. no, no, he's much, much, much better without him. The way Coronation Street is going at the moment with how they, they have people in relationships, uh, either... Paul and Billy will be back together before you can blink. Or Daniel will suddenly become gay and Paul and Daniel will be dating. Well, there's there's also, there's, I mean, there's the James possibility, isn't there? What with them hanging around uh, and working for Ed. I'm only talking about the fact that they like to take, you know, they like to sort of take a character that's been established as one. Yes. And then go, no. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't mind. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. But let, let's move on because, I mean, let's. Nothing has happened particularly with it this week. Um, the downward Dobbs story. <laughs> oh, okay, so this is looking more and more like uh, an affair between Alina and Tyrone is imminent because Tyrone has indeed been hiding the fact that Alina has been his um, his yoga, yoga partner when um, he takes he accidentally takes her yoga mat home from a session by mistake. So I don't he... think it was a mistake. I think he's been sniffing it. Do you reckon? No, I don't. But 
you don't generally tend to accidentally take someone's yoga mat home with you. I don't know. Um, so he goes back to Alina's to uh, to give it to her, and they end up they end up just having nice chats together, and he helps her out learning how how a spreadsheet. <sighs> you works. say nice chat, I say patronising nonsense. He was talking to her like a child. She is a, she is a bit. He gave her he, the facial expressions. She is a he bit used, childish. I know. So so he should stop leave her alone the, the facial expressions he was using i'm he is quite a lot older than her alan housel i'm assu- I, i'm assuming this is this is all purposeful because it was really well done because he was just like oh a little luna new tom helper would do a spreadsheet like he was just but it was creepy because it's weird because he obviously fancies her but he also thinks she's a child I don't know how much he... I, th- I think he maybe he does, but also, he at the end of the uh, episode, he goes back to to Fizz and says, oh, I think I might, you know, I might give up my yoga, because she'd been ribbing him a bit about it earlier in the episode, and he's like, oh, yeah, OK, well, maybe I'm going to give it in. And she's like, oh, no, don't give it in to me. But So I'm wondering whether he's realising that things are getting a little bit I think closer so. than they should, and he's trying to distance himself Perhaps. from it. Perhaps. doesn't get any credit for it. Because she, she, anyway. she does flutter her eyelashes at him a little bit. Wrong. But, oh, it's so sad because I, I do like Frizz and Tyrone together and I don't want him to have a pop at Alina Pop. I think it's really um, grim because Alina has been in very abusive relationships. You know, like the the professional one that she had where she yeah. was... And, and she... And he is in a similar position of being of power over her and that he's much older than she is. And he's, like, helping her with her work. It's so creepy. Mm. I know that people are probably going to be thinking, oh, no, he's just being nice and stuff. He's not, is he? He's not. Tyrone nice. You watch it again. You watch his expressions. And the little, the little kind of, like... He does this little thing where he kind of gives her a look and he kind of screws his mouth up and does it. Oh, you can't do the spreadsheet. I don't remember that at all. Well, listen also to the tone of his voice because he puts on a very specific tone of voice when he talks to her. Okay. And it was made my toes curl. Finally. Finally. Sean. Remember um, this story, there, everybody? It's still going. This was high drama because I've had this problem. You've had this problem. If you're listening at, at home, you probably had this problem as well. Storage. Nowhere to put stuff. Oh yeah. Always causes trouble. There's there's trouble in the house because he's got boxes everywhere. Keeps getting deliveries. Boxes all this, of makeup. All this nonsense mark MLN stuff. MLM stuff. All this makeup. All this uh, bisexual eyeliner that he's ordered. Um. He doesn't know where to put it. And he puts it outside, and so he gets mad. And then Kirk has a go at him later for saying that. Um, his scheming and his um, his well, business the, plans yeah. are causing people like Gemma to have financial struggles and he really should know better because he used to be homeless. And Eileen says, you should probably just quit. And so Rydia, he phones Rydian up and says, I want to quit. I hope we get to see more of Rydian again. We, he, we, we did see him a few Ridian's weeks gonna ago, Rydian's going to turn up and, and tell him he can't quit, probably. He's like, see that boy over there, Jacob? You see how he's doing drugs? 
This is the same thing. You can't you quit. Rid, do you think that Ridian might, might be the same person as Jacob's Ridian boss? Ridian is Jacob's boss. Yeah. And all of those... He's got his drug branch and he's got his bisexual makeup branch. Sometimes they get confused and you put some eyeshadow on and you have a very strange evening. <laughs> um, maybe this story can perhaps go somewhere next week and finish. Perhaps would be I don't, lovely. It's just, it's just like limping, isn't it? Yeah. And, and the same with Dylan as well. It's like... I'm watching it go, is, is Dylan back in the programme or is he not? Because he's he's coming in a little bit over the past year and now he's getting mentioned again and then they don't mention him for a month and a half. It's it's just a bit bizarre. I don't know. Anyway, what did you think of this week's Coronation Street, Michael? Good, it was good. Um, I, I did think that tonight wasn't as exciting as the rest of the week. I enjoyed all the heart attack stuff that wasn't actually a heart attack Fantastic on Wednesday. Performances. Thought that yeah, the the drug story was good. De- definitely, definitely the performances shone for me. Um, Jane Danson, Alex Bain, um, Sally Ann Matthews, Richard Hawley, they reel them off. Uh, Nina Jack. and not yeah, Nina Jack. and uh, yes, Jackie Jack Jack, Jack Jack. Um, <clears throat> Nina and Asher were fantastic. Um, there, there was there was lots of good stuff on it. I. Uh, surprised that the Yasmin and Elaine story still was <coughs> not as gripping as some of the other ones, um, and and then also having this yoga and tele sales and marketing story towards the end of it, it just felt a little bit unnecessary. But I know it must have just been a warm up for for next week, really. I really hope that this story is going down the route where I am supposed to have got the impression that I did from Tyrone's behaviour towards Alina. Well, I'm sure it won't be long to find out because it feels like they're yeah. So, so that yeah, I can next week about it's it. going to be all about them. So, um, what yeah, are you going to give it? Um, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, t- today's had to bring it down a little bit, but uh, I still think on the whole it was a, a pretty strong week and, and certainly leaks ahead of what we've had the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to give it um, three and a half projectile exercise books <laughs> out of five. I'm going to give it four goblins following four. Ed around the internet. Oh, yeah, Ed couldn't use his phone, could he? <laughs> there's, there's something going to be going on there, isn't there? Because he's getting Michael's <gasps> calendar appointments on his phone. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's he's gambling on the internet. No, he's not. He's getting Michael's calendar appointments, and I wonder whether oh. he's going to find out something that maybe Michael wants to keep secret from him. Oh. Something baby-related, or I don't know. Go to... They wouldn't have made that remark off the cuff for no reason. Baby... Baby mincing factory. What are you going to do with the baby? Nothing. Why? Why do you ask? Um, yeah, so it was, it was a good week. Long way I continue. That's it, I really. I hope I mean... so, too. Character of the week, though. Oh, yeah, I forgot we got character of the Can't week. I can't believe it. I nearly got away with it. I shouldn't have brought it up. H- who's your character of the week? <sighs> I think... Um, Is it Jacob? I think it's maybe going to Jacob. I mean... Uh, He's so evil uh, and annoying. And he's so good at being an evil and annoying that actor. I think... I he... think that he deserves it more, maybe, than some of the others. Like, I really enjoyed Asher and Nina and Johnny and Jenny, but it felt like they didn't have loads of scenes they to do. They, they weren't central We've characters. We've given it to people that haven't um, done a lot in a week, though. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It, with Jacob, is it just because I like the performance? Were there any? I mean, so what? Je- Jenny could be a good one because, like I said, I was very, very pleased that Jenny resisted the temptation of bistro you guy. That you can give it to somebody one week for something and then give it to somebody else yeah, for yeah, another week for a different, different reason. reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm giving mine to Jacob, and you can do what you like. Um, I am going to give on what you're about to say. But yeah, I could give it to Johnny because he took his pills, and that was very, I was very proud it's of not him. Doing, that it's as not well. it's like special not giving reward. It to Mingy Moniali, I'll tell you that. The bestest person. Um, I'm going to give it to. Yeah, when I'm thinking of characters that stood out for this week for me, it's got to be it's got to be Jacob, hasn't it? It was a bit of a revelation. Yeah, I mean, it, I've been kind of warming to him more and more the weeks have gone on, but this week was um, it was his best so far, I think. So yeah, Jacob, well done, and um, I think that's that's about it for street talk. Another fairly short street talk this week. Got to get through it. We've got stuff to do. We've got yeah. stuff to talk about. We do have a news. very long news segment coming up. Yep. So here it is. Kevin time. And we start with sad news again. Feels like. I, I know it is. There, there is. There is happy news and funny news and stuff coming later. But obviously the main news for Coronation Do you want the good Street news fans. first or the bad news first? The bad this... news always. Oh. Johnny Briggs, very sadly, has died 80, he's age 85, he had a long illness, and he has, is very famously, was in Coronation Street once. He was indeed, quite wasn't a long he? Time, quite a long time, about yeah. 30 years or so he, he was, was in Coronation in Street. 2,349 episodes. Playing. And he played Mike Baldwin. I know you were testing me. I know, I just, <laughs> how long can we go? Oh, this is sad to hear. This was it Sunday, maybe, this news broke? I can't remember. And uh, it always kind of comes out of the blue things like this, doesn't yeah. it? Especially when it's like maybe actors that you haven't heard from for a, yeah. from a while. And then it kind of makes you think, oh gosh, who else is, could there Don't be say next that. and everything? But yeah, really, really sad. Mike Baldwin is a proper, proper Corey icon. He's a legend. He, he is. In, in, in a show that's dominated so much by women as well. And when you kind of think of, you know, from the golden era of Coronation Street, 80s, 90s, you know, who who, he, who are the main Cory characters that you remember so often it's it's the women isn't it the you know the Beck Gilroys the Mavis the um the, the Hilda Ogdens and everything but uh, um yeah if, if you if you to take a look maybe at the uh, Coronation Street character polls Mike Baldwin is often up there quite high he was a duck com- and a diver compared to the other I mean uh, yeah there, there are a yeah. few other male characters that really Stand Made head and shoulders mark, yeah. over him. You mean you get the likes of Jack, maybe Stan sometimes. Um, so he but, started yeah. in Corrie in 1976 and he retired in 2006, but he did make an appearance in 2012 playing Mark Baldwin in a Tex Santa special. He was the Jacob Marley equivalent in the story of uh, Christmas Carol. Do you remember watching this? It was, um, I do, but like I think Norris it's... was the character of Ebenezer Scrooge and he was getting visited by all these Corrie ghosts and just re- having a look at... I was going to say Corrie ghosts. And, and reading <laughs> this kind of makes you sad as well because Johnny Briggs was there being the Jacob Marley, like you said, but he was, as well as being visited by Johnny Maxine... Johnny Briggs, did you say Jacob? No. Um, oh, sorry. There was also Derek, and obviously Peter Baldwin has obviously died since then, and Vera was one of the ghosts yeah. in here, and we've lost Liz Dawn since then. So it just goes to show that we've, there's Protect. been so many um, um, losses to the Corrie family. Tracy Shaw. Protect Tracy Shaw. Yeah. She's the last one all left. all costs. Um, Vera, Lorraine Kelly's still around. She was a police officer. She, yeah, Lorraine Kelly was in it as well. Um, so, famous. That for, was fun. 
And um, and um, Johnny Briggs, he was very one of the very few. Is he the only Southerner to ever be a main character in Coronation Street? He's not a real Southerner because he's a Londoner. That's one of the few. Place. He's definitely the, the, the most famous most prolific, Southerner. Most prolific Southerner to ever Street, make sure. it up north. He was born in Battersea in 1935. He was evacuated during World War II. And he had a career in showbiz that began when he was just 12 years old. He attended stage school at Italia Conti Academy in London. And he got an MBE in 2007. He did. So the year after he um, copped it on the steps of Underworld and yeah. Ken Barlow's arms, the Queen was like, he's all right, that oh, guy. I'm going to give him a I prize. Old Mike. Um, and yeah. he is, he's also has been in, uh, he was in Carry On movies and he's also in some TV dramas yeah, he's, as well. He's, de- he's definitely one of these um, actors who is most famous for Coronation Street. And you can sometimes kind of forget or you, you discover and you realise they they did other things before Coronation <laughs> Street. And then you think, well, of course they did. Because he didn't. wasn't, you know, so, some of them didn't. Some some actors do come to, to the game Shepherd late, don't they? straight in there. But um, yeah, he had he had all these other things before Coronation Street. But um, yeah, really sad to hear that news. Obviously, our, our thoughts are with the family at the moment. But, you, um, you've, you've put a lot of tributes here from, from different um the, the, the tributes actors. have come flooding in. Do, for, you, do you want to read these out? Well, we can read some of them. Like Bill Roach, who said, as an actor, Johnny was impeccable, always good. And uh, I was so fortunate to have worked with him for so many years. He was a strong character who will be greatly missed. Um, Amanda Barry, of course, she put a tweet out who played uh, his wife, Alma, said farewell, Johnny and Mike. And thank you from Alma and me for all those wonderful years together. See you in the rows in the sky. Ours is a and t I thought that was really, really See, these are making me sad. I think these are the most sad bit of reading out a story. That's why I don't want to read them out. Oh, we don't have to read them out. Um, They just make, they just really choke me up because these are people who have worked with him, who are talking about somebody who very well, may well have been a friend, you know. Oh yeah, well definitely. And uh, and worked alongside him for for many, many years, all of these. And even like Anthony Cotton put a, a tweet out, which was quite nice because he was, because Mike was obviously Sean's boss for a while in the factory as well. And uh, Anthony was like, I've left you a bottle of scotch in the filing cabinet. It's, it's sweet, really, isn't it? But um, yeah, oh, sad, sad news. And um, I, did, I did like Mike. We, we, we re-uploaded our uh, character profile of him to our um, our feed earlier this week, didn't we? And mm-hmm. also put a little um, a retweet and reminder of his... Uh, of the profile on our YouTube as well. So if you want to hear us speaking more about the legend that is Mike Baldwin, do go over and, and listen to that. Yes. Um, but this is sadly not the only loss that the Coronation Street family has suffered this week because um, Frank Mills, who plays Billy Williams, died, um, well, we discovered that he died about a month ago on the 11th of February, and he was 93. Um, I was really surprised how little... Billy was in the show. He was only in it for 60 episodes and that was stretched between 1995 and 1997. But I think because um, that was the period when I first started watching, to me, he didn't feel like, you know, a fleeting character. He was just like a character along with everybody else when right. I started watching mm-hmm. it. And um, and I, I've really enjoyed re-watching him on some of these uh, repeats as well. And we've seen a few episodes on the DVDs with him coming in on the on the VE Day episodes, haven't we? And um, uh, having his dates with 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 Betty and everything. <laughs> he, he's a he's a a nice chap, isn't he? Is uh, is Billy? Yeah. And I'm sure that Frank Mills was lovely too. Well, his character was axed by Brian Park. He was. Yeah. He in, he had um he didn't get an exit. He was like um. 
I think the last episode that he was in, I read, was when Trisha Armstrong gave birth to to Brad and uh, Billy, and Billy was there with, in the Rovers, and that was literally the the last we saw of him. And um, like six, seven, eight months later, and I think this has just been on ITV three, we learn that he's died. So that's that's always rubbish. That yeah, not only was he axed, but he didn't even get an exit story like makes, so many of other Brian's actings did. It makes me imagine that like Brian Park was. Um, Frank Mills comes in one day and and uh, Brian Park's like what are you doing here and Frank Mills like I thought I was doing he's like no you're dead you're fired I killed you get out <laughs> oh anyway it's so sad so sad um, I, I, I did yeah, I had a bit of a soft well he won the heart of our Betty and not very many people can say that so what what an achievement very very true Street. very very true let's move on to the happier news yes. which is Victoria Econoy who obviously played Angie Appleton in Coronation Street up, uh, a few years ago has given birth at last um, after oh, about nine months I would say um, I don't think we <laughs> know think too much about longer. this at the moment um, she put out something on her Instagram um, at the weekend, I think, um, with a little picture, or maybe it's a video with some little baby hands or something uh, with, the, with the caption, to a baby. our Don't prince, worry. our love, our world, our miracle. So we've seen lots of pictures of her recently with a with a pregnancy bump. And now it's Very popped out. for her. So yeah, congratulations to Victoria Akinoy. And I'm sure that and her Helen partner, Flanagan Johnny will Lewis. be um, next because she also You're looks next. fit to burst. No. Um, Don't know the name of the baby. No, I don't. I don't think we do. I mean, I, I had a look the other day. I was trying to find out, and um, no, I, I, I do not. I cannot share any more information. Uh, Bob. About that. Bob is a nice Bob name. Bob Ekenoy. <laughs> I think it needs to be something Bobbit. a bit fancier. Um, or, I know. I know she said Prince, but if it is a girl, mm. Bobina. Maybe I'm also quite excited for um, Victoria's mum, Candy. I know, I was thinking of Candy. I was like, oh, I'm so happy for her, but she's so tough. I hope that Candy is stocked up on Candy for when little baby gets old enough to go around to Grandma's house to to get some sweets. There's literally no point in having kids unless you can have grandchildren, which is why I'm very sorry to my parents that I haven't had children, (laughs) because really, what's the fun? There's no fun, is there? I know. When you can feed them sweets and then get them high on sugar and then say... Anyway, goodbye. Unless, <laughs> off, off home. Unless my sister really decides to get on with it. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, my dad's not going to have any grandchildren. Your parents are either. Well, um, how but about this we have thrilling news? We all Charlie have Lawson, Gemma, is yeah, going to release an autobiography. Yeah. Well, that could be um, quite a page turner. I bet so. Because he's certainly not somebody who's um, shies away from giving his full and frank opinions about I all manner of things. I can imagine this will be incredibly honest yeah i i wonder whether he's gonna whether how kind of dish the dirty it's going to be it's weird because he has been you know recently in the last six months a lot more you know vocal no i was gonna say like complimentary about coronation street i was about literally i was about to say on social media he's been like charlie lawson is one of these people who i think is very honest but i think he also gives credit where credit is due i think yeah, yeah, he he yeah, he absolutely tells it like it is. Yeah. But he, he equally it kind of felt like he was maybe he's he's wanting to come back. I mean, I spoke to him last year and he was obviously he would say he he would come back then. Um and and I think that possibly um he was thinking maybe if Liz if Liz comes back because um obviously Bev had to go off last year, maybe I could be in the the her goodbye story, but now Bev's turned around and said I'm not coming back. 
does that mean that what there's no way like Jim's going to come bridges. back? Maybe, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe he's going to write a book about how lovely every single member of the Coronation Street cast and crew is. I don't know. Well, you know that Pat Phoenix's autobiography was called All My Burning Bridges. And <laughs> yeah. maybe his will be All My Burning Bridges Part 2, the Charlie <laughs> Lawson story. If he doesn't include um, a Jim McDonald saying as part of the title for his autobiography, then he's missing a, missing a trick there. Maybe it'll there. be called Cheerio. <laughs> maybe. Don't know. Um, well, maybe we, it should he be... He hasn't told us. What about me? That's what I'd call it <laughs> if I was him. Well... Open and find out. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be in everybody's Christmas stockings. Maybe. I don't know how long it takes to write an autobiography. I don't. I think. I think. He, I think it could be ready for Christmas. Let's just say that. Um, but I, it is March. I also be, can you would imagine, actually really be surprised how long it takes. I can imagine that some Coronation Street fans wouldn't want to touch it with a barge pole. But I'm interested to hear what kind of juicy concept there is because that's very salacious of me um how dare you this is good news as well Gemma again these are all these are all little mini news bites at the moment Trevor Michael George Ed Bailey is a bit of a hero according to his social media at least and you know well he didn't say I'm a hero what you know how I always like to make words French for no real reason whenever I see his name I always think his name is Trevor Michael George Yes, I do. I don't don't know um he um yes he's a hero he he helped a homeless guy this week, who had been um, dragged Dragged underneath a tram. tram. He'd been proper Alan Bradley. doing an Alan Bradley. Yeah. He put put a tweet out, did Trevor, earlier this week saying, (laughs) went shopping in Manchester only to see a homeless guy dragged under a tram. Gave him a fag and stayed with him till the ambulance came. Stay safe, people, please. I can picture him doing this. Yeah. Um, Good advice. Don't get dragged under trams. But uh, some, some news... Um, outlet made a whole article out of that so I thought why not mention it on the podcast as well and also back to the sad news again we're flip flopping all over the place here Ryan Thomas, Jason Grimshaw has quit acting for now at least Um, he was on um, this other podcast Manx on the Mic which I think um, his brother um, Adam runs Adam Thomas Um, and he said he just kind of talks about the fact that he's lost the acting bug which is a bit of a shame and he was getting lots of rejections and and getting targeted by trolls online and everything so he's like said oh I've had enough of that then Uh, was he on social media yeah yeah right yeah right I don't know James on social media Uh, Ryan Thomas I mean sorry he said it's so hard for me I started off acting I started off in that game and I really lost the bug for it I feel the reason for losing the bug is rejection and going to auditions and not getting them Um, I never got into I never got it in Corrie this is talking about social media because I never had it back then if I did it was at the end but I was so established there that people what he said he never got trolled when he was in Corrie because he didn't have social media to begin with yeah. But um, then he got it. Yeah. And then he got... That's, that's what I said. But you didn't really. I, I, that's what I meant. Um, he said, um, I never saw, really got that sort of negative criticism. It happens in all aspects, but I just found it really, really hard to deal with at first. I always think, oh, desire to act. Yeah, that was going to come back at some point and maybe it will. And it's still something that I have in my locket if I want to explore it again. But right now, I'm really happy with the direction I'm going. So that's good. But in, in a way, I'm kind of thinking, oh, because I'm sure it wasn't too long ago that we were saying that we'd quite like Jason to come back to Coronation Street. Um... Yeah, we have we have we did talk about it, and I think honestly though, if I was Ryan Thomas and I had got money for being on uh, Big Brother and then going, yeah, he won, didn't he? Yeah, and after that incident, after the incident, and then gallivanting round wherever he went with all his mates, 
on holiday. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd want to act either. I think if I could make money out of being me and going on holiday, I'd do that instead. But it's weird because he's saying he has been going to these auditions and people haven't been wanting him, but which I thought that maybe would have done after Big Brother, but I guess being the winner of Celebrity Big Brother isn't that much of a draw, I suppose. But it's a shame because I It depends on what roles he was going for, doesn't it? And it also depends on... I mean, I don't know that there are many roles that are major roles that are the sort of character that I would imagine him playing. But I, I'd, I'd be quite interested to see what else he can do because we only literally know haven't him as seen Jason. him in anything else. So I don't know why we're saying anything about this. No, but I, I think that Coronation Street should look at this and say, "Let's have him back." So we got Todd back. Um, obviously, we'd have to have the awkward scenes where Jason has to recognise Todd. But listen, if he's if he doesn't like social media negativity, he will not want to be in a soap. Yeah, but it's very easy to avoid it, I would say, if you want to. Do you think to. so? There's an awful lot of Coronation Street stars who aren't on social media. I know and I'm not, not just talking about people like, you know, Barbara Knox but and honestly, William Rogue. Can but... I just tell you that I think that it's a Pandora's box. And I, I've i tried to avoid subjects and things and people that I don't want to know or hear about. But you can't. And and sometimes you you end up looking it up because you are... There's a sort of... Um, what's the word masochistic curiosity and if i was famous i would always be looking myself up on twitter and i would always be really upset probably i wonder whether how can you not look how can you not do it and and if you do it how would you ever be sane if you've gone away from it and then you go back to acting again you you might be tempted like oh i wonder whether yeah what people People think of me now but this is the thing you read a comment you go on then you're like i'll just have a peek and then like oh ryan thomas is well dishy like oh (laughs) thank you very much i'll read on and then it'll be like oh i don't like him he's stupid i think he can't i don't 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 remember there being that much negativity about him anyway of course yeah but you weren't looking for it i wasn't looking for it no and you know how carelessly, mindlessly cruel people are? Yeah. Because they don't see that they don't realise they're talking in public. Mm. Apparently he's um, he's doing some delivery um, food driving because one of his brothers um, has got this food business or a restaurant what is or something. What's it called, Deliveroo? And he's, um, he's doing some work for that at the moment. So I'm, I'm glad, he's, glad he's keeping himself busy, but um, I hope he doesn't... He's a delivery I, I'd really... driver. Oh yeah, just kind of helping his brother out. But I, w- I really would like to see him back on Coronation Street again. Um, get him and Eva back, I oh, say. Yep, yeah, I agree with you. Final bit of news this week. I don't know whether you knew this, Gemma, but Les Dennis's I, face I don't know anything is not on Mars. What? Les Dennis's no, face is not on I Mars. Can I correct you there? Les Dennis's face has been found on Mars. I heard this. In the Sunday Sport. I read the Sunday sport because I like sports, but I only like it on one day of the week because I can't concentrate on it for the rest of the week. What's this about? Do you know what sport I really like? What? Rugby. Rugby is brilliant. I love rugby. You can get me... You don't get me started talking about rugby. (laughs) Change the subject quickly. The face of Les Dennis was found on Mars. I th- I, think, really. I don't know even if, I don't know about this article whether it's is, real or not because I've tried to do a bit of Google searching about face not... of Les Dennis found on Mars Sunday Sport and I can't find this written anywhere literally the only evidence that I've found of this this phenomena is on Les Dennis's Twitter in a oh, tweet that saying? has now got thirty one point four thousand likes thirty one point four thousand likes. So he's just posted a picture that looks like it comes from the Sunday Sport, which says the face of Les Dennis has been found on Mars. And it's this rover that's up there at the moment. <laughs> and then there's this 
Photoshop Les Dennis face. And the reason we're talking about this, let's just remind everyone, is because he has been in Coronation Street, and not yeah. just because we love uh, Les Dennis. He played the much beloved by us, Michael Rodwell. Yes. Um, and there's, yeah, there's so this picture of Les Dennis on a rock, and then there's a whole article about the fact that these NASA boffins were very surprised. I thought this was fantastic. This is obviously just rubbish. This is um, you were reading National this to Enquirer me. standard. Uh, journalism here. You read this out to me, and I was, I was, I thought I was being really clever and 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 unpicking the inconsistencies because it starts off kind of plausible, yeah, then it and just then it goes gets in. rapidly more ridiculous. There was a flurry of activity around one screen, and people were crowding around, muttering, "It's a face." Then an English guy who was seconded from Jodrell <laughs> Bank Observatory said, "It's Les Dennis." <laughs> Unfortunately, Les is not in, as famous in the USA yet, so we had to Google him. And yes, all our tests have confirmed that it is indeed the face of Les Dennis. I was like, I don't think that anyone from Judge Wells is so stupid. I, the, this is a nice little bit of um, frivolity and um, silliness for the end of this cabin. I think it's what it needs. So um, I'm glad that Les got his Listen. little moment of, of, of fame again on, uh, on February the 27th. 400 quote tweets, 1,998 retweets. In so fact, just I'm just retweet it, to retweet yeah. it again, just so now it's got 1,999. And if anyone wants yeah, to do the big 2,000, then go ahead. Big, yeah, 2,000. Um, and yeah, 31,000 likes. Now That's listen. Well done. We are faced here with an opportunity, the likes of which has never been presented to man before. What? And we can do two things. We can just ignore this and squander it, mm. or we can seize the opportunity and put Les Dennis's face on Mars. Yeah, I think they should send her over it with a little like laser thing. I mean, if anyone deserves to be the face of Mars, yeah, why, why not? not Les Dennis? Why not? Why not? This is the country that wanted we to name them. a scientific observatory vessel Boatie McBoatface. Mm. If you did a poll and you had who do you want to be the, on Mars? The Queen, Winston Churchill, I don't know, what's another famous... Stephen Hawking. Him. He quite likes science-y stuff, didn't he? Um, or Les Dennis. You know that people would vote for it's Les Patrick Dennis. Moore. Yeah. Uh, the, my favourite thing about this, though, or maybe my second thing after the article itself, was Ricky Gervais's tweet, who um, said, if it's really up there, I'll give you the money myself. Which is a Family Fortunes reference. Oh, I was like, money for what? Family Feud in America. Because yeah. that's what Les Dennis used to present here. Anyway, that's it. I think we've maybe, we, we're risking spending more time talking about Les Dennis on Mars than we did um, Johnny Briggs. So maybe we should end it there. Can I just want to but, say that there's, he, he, he tweeted WTF from Norwich to Mars. And then in the comments are all these salty people going, don't insult Norwich. Stop throwing Norwich under the bus. <laughs> okay all right right are we done with this should we uh should we get this podcast finished with a bit of feedback let's round let it us up. do it right now feedback thank you everybody for your feedback thank you for voting on a poll on the facebook group and last <laughs> week's episodes got 2.62 oh. out of five uh-huh. so, i mean it's still higher than i did I, mean, I went for two last week didn't i and there were certainly a lot of two and a halfs on the facebook group i remember but yeah didn't go down so well i hope that this week um which i thought was an awful lot better gets the, the credit that i feel it deserves on the facebook group so don't forget to vote if you're in the group abby gave it three unwanted pet chickens les not les dennis on mars because um, I don't think it's broadcast up there, <laughs> gave it two and a half burrito-sized doobies. And Chad gave it 2.5 
fiercely erotic French language films out of five. And they're just a, a smattering of all the other great votes that people had out there. Now, you know that as soon as we start to uh, colonise Mars mm, or go anywhere near we're it... We're back to that subject again. People are going to be wanting to be the first whatever on Mars. Yeah. And you, we need to get... Because we, didn't we send our a rover up once? Oh, yeah. Britain. Did we? I don't Probably. know. We need to put a USB stick with Coronation Street on it so it can be the first soap on Mars. Yeah. We need to do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. And maybe we should send William Roach up there. I think we should send some episodes of Coronation Street up there so we can be first the first podcast. podcast on Mars. Gemma, can you read out our new iTunes review that has been submitted by Pigalina, please? I can. Right now. Maybe I will. Um... Took me a while to get into the podcast, but now I look forward to it each week. What was it that made you get into it? What, what, why did it take you a while? I wonder. Am I being Pigalina? No, I'm just wondering. I'm you, just wondering you out loud. Me in ca- the character. Are we doing improv? No, go on. Carry okay. on reading. Um, Sorry, I, I interrupted you. I enjoy how long it is, despite some other people's preferences for shorter. Now this is controversial. This is, this is all. Yeah. This is a hot topic. This is. Though. This will never end. This. No. Yeah. I like to spread it out over a couple of days if necessary. Mm. I love Michael's little jokes that he sometimes gets scolded <laughs> oh, for. Thank now, you. I needed you to read that out. You did, didn't you? Um, and she, well, Pigalina gave us four yes. out of five. I think that's fair. A new weekly staple. Yeah, thank you very um, much. Did you like earlier when Michael made an inappropriate joke and I told him off and we can't remember what it was, but it was terrible? Oh, I think it was me talking about racially profiling again. Oh, no. Right. Um, Fangal Overload123 has sent us some feedback from this week. Um, and she apologises for not sending any for the last couple of weeks. It is OK. You're we fired. forgive you. Um, I've been very busy and tired, she says. That is fine. I know what that feels like. The Simon story is far superior right now, considering the characters involved aren't really my favourite. And Jacob being the latest in a long line of rent-a-thugs. It's so obvious Tyrone and Alina are going for an affair. Please, there are so many other ways to create drama and tension in a relationship that have one of them going off and bedding the next person they see won't go on about that anymore as I can see it easily turning into a full-blown rant. Please, Curry, Adam and Carla was bad enough. Let us all recover from that trauma first. Also, I don't think Peter will die for two reasons. One, there's no more room on Ken's mantelpiece. <laughs> and two... Mantelpiece of death. Mantelpiece of death, sorry. Yeah. And two, there are no jigsaws in heaven. That is fact. The Johnny story is also really interesting and emotional. Top-notch stuff. Lastly, I was surprised to see the MLM story back. I said it before, I said it again. MLMs are the bane of society. Yes. Character of the week is Leanne. And I give it four of Peter's jigsaws out of five. Yeah, keep some back for yourself. I, I can see giving Leanne character of the week. I thought she was... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was good. I want to say, I not don't think I've mentioned this before, but I think it's hilarious that Ken's mantelpiece of death, once Ollie died, Sinead got moved out of the way yeah, and got... now it's it now it's Ollie and Eccles. <laughs> <laughs> Most important members of the Barlow family. Yeah. It's like sorry, Sinead. <laughs> um Nancy, you asked Oh, this is good. You asked what people think about psychics. Well, I have a story to tell. It involves faith too. I was talking to a friend of mine once. He happened to say something trivial about my father. All of a sudden, the room warmed up. I could feel my father's presence in the room. I have to wonder what a psychic would have said about it. This only happened to me once. I have to believe that faith had something to do with this too. I like that story. 
Coronation straight, straight did a great job with the storyline. It was good that Toya was there to bring Leanne back to reality. I give this week's episode three and a half, three out of five trumpets. Character of the week is Dev. Did she bring back Leanne to reality though? Because she um, she got by told the end of this week, this she week. still seems to be in a bit. Um, I don't know. Now this, uh, I suppose the 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 feather side of things has kind of gone by the wayside this week, hasn't it? Yeah, it's gone away from the spiritual realm. Yeah. Just now onto the hardcore drugs. <laughs> um, what do you think about the psychic story? Do you have any psychic stories? Uh, I do not. I've got one. What's yours? I think I've told this before on the podcast. But um, Nancy reminded me of it. And it is a, a family story that my um, my nan told me about when she was a child. And she and her best friend, Lydia, went to go and see a fortune teller at a fair. Mm-hmm. And they both went in to have their palms read. And my nan had hers read. And she never really told me what what, um, what the fortune teller told her. But she said that when Lydia put her palm out, the fortune teller looked at it and suddenly went, like, li- freaked out and gave her her money back and said, no, I, I'm not doing this. Um, don't, just, just leave. Yeah. Okay. Then, after that, both my nan and Lydia got scarlet fever, and um, Lydia died. Oh. And my nan tells that story. story for the podcast. You know what my nan was like? She loved this story. She's very macabre. That whole generation who lived through the war had a very, <laughs> very dark sense of life and death. But yeah. that is, that is a, that's a family story. I don't know what I think about it. I don't know how embellished it was. Um, I don't even know if it happened. But I really like that story because it's so dramatic. Yeah, isn't it? And she tells me about this when she was she had scarlet fever. And this was probably, it must have been, the very beginning of when the NHS first started. Mm. And so she was um, in bed, you know, on her deathbed. Yeah. And uh, they were sent, you know, nurses and doctors were coming around the house to kind of look after her. And mm. I thought, oh, God, you have that now. <laughs> um, let's move we'll on to Rebecca's feedback, who has got not oh, much to say about last week's... Um, Coronation Street, she says, although she's still written quite a lot. Um, <laughs> understand why people found the funeral distasteful. However, I've seen worse stories, so to me it wasn't that bad. Just in a bit of bad taste. I do like George, though. However, I'm not enjoying him in the middle of Gail and Eileen. I'm enjoying the Jacob and Simon story, and I agree, the actor who is playing Jacob is great. I also enjoyed seeing Sam in this story, too. He was so cute, riding around on his bike. Great to see Toya again, and one of the highlights of the week was even though Toya could obviously see through the psychic, she understand Leanne's wants to use him, so didn't shoot her down like Nick did. I do not care about Lucas uh, or Peter anymore, or the Peter and Carla relationship drama. It's getting boring, and that's from me who loves Peter and Carla together as a couple. I did enjoy the drinking scene in the back room, though. Sally Ann Matthews' drunk acting was on point, as always, and I loved Daisy's impression of Carla. Still loving Elaine and really hope she doesn't leave because she feels she is reminding Yasmin of Jeff and his behaviour. Well, it looks like we've got um, Elaine in for the long haul now, doesn't it, um, after this week's episodes. Speaking of which, I love seeing Jeff again and I must have missed the preview clip as it came as a real shock. I'm glad that you were shocked by that. I'm also glad they brought up Jeff stealing Cal's medals and the jewellery as I'd forgotten that. Oh, and Tim can give everything to Yasmin. What, um, what does he want with a quarter and speed dial? I loved Asher and Nina and also adore Dev so much. He's trying so hard, bless him. But the more he tries, his cheesiness goes up a notch. 
Also, love Mary calling them lovely lesbians and Nina saying mm-hmm. anyone over 30 can't cope with not labelling, which in my case is true. However, I do think Nina might think Asha is smothering her a bit with the whole having tea and meeting Dev and Mary. I just want to say, um, when, <laughs> when, when Nina said that uh, um, everybody over 30 can't cope with not la- with, without labels, um, have you seen that meme where it's like, I know I took that personally. No. That's how I was like. <laughs> now I feel like I'm I'm under attack here, Nina. I think you're talking to me directly. When Nina said that, I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm actually quite way over thirty, so Nina must think I'm super old." So old, but I want I to know tell I'm not you, like forty or ancient or anything like that yet. But... We're all going to have to embrace labels because we've got the census to fill out. Oh yes, we do. We've got to do um, our census. England on, in on England, Sunday. I think Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland have got them a slightly different time of the year. But we got to do our census and you've got to label yourself all different ways. Age, gender, gender identity, I think it is. Where oh, do you live? What you do? Oh, I don't know what it is. I'm really excited. Um, finally, <laughs> like I still expect Johnny's cellmate um, face to change into shame wards. I yep. think now it's that's gone. Now. I think we've missed the opportunity for How, that, Did you see sadly. this TikTok of the deep fake of Tom Cruise? No. Why can't they deep fake shame ward? Very true. Why not? Also, um, I like Gary sticking up for Johnny, but again, he seems a bit too happy to be in prison. Character of the Week is <laughs> yeah, Deb, and I give it three cauliflower Wellingtons out of five. Something which people find amusing, but I don't understand why. I because think it's, it's just because cauliflowers make you fart. I think it's because it's a deeply unlovely vegetable to put into a Wellington. Mm. I'd rather have a beetroot Wellington. Um, it is weird about Gary still being in prison. It's like it's, he also seems very happy the fact that he's still being kept in there, even though he didn't do anything. But I suppose he thinks he's just keeping his. <laughs> he's getting away from Maria. Yeah, and there's no chance that he's going to accidentally walk into R. Kelly or anything, is yeah. it? Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, do you think that Gary? Do you think like his role has been that important in the prison story? Could it have been told without him there, and it just be um, Johnny and the bully? Because I kind of feel like it. It could have been. I know, like, a few messages have gone back and forth by Gary to Maria to, to Jenny and everything, but... I think if you've got a choice of introducing a brand new character just to be a psychic person, to facilitate the, the character talking to somebody not themselves, I, I'd rather you you had an established character do that job. I, I don't like so much these little, you know, these little friends. They often make a little friend in prison. They usually get shanked or... Take an o- have an overdose. Yeah, but sometimes they strike gold and it's Jackie Dobbs. Or, um, Graham Proctor. Yes, exactly. Right, next one, Gemma. Nicole. Nicole email, Has read. been watching the scenes with Johnny and Gary in prison and started to think about all the current characters who spent time in prison. There's a lot. It's quite a list. I didn't search Coropedia, so I'm sure I've got some wrong or missed some, but here goes. This is Nicole's list of everyone who's been banged up. And who's currently in the show. Johnny... Gary, Gail, Kevin, Tracy, Paul, Steve, Izzy, Yasmin, Peter, Sally, Abby, David, Fizz. I remember she was in her in a prison best, best, but I can't remember why. It was all to do with the John State thing, wasn't it? In the uh... She was in the bit mother and baby unit, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Leanne, did she ever go to jail or did she get away with it? I don't think Leanne's ever been to prison. She might have been arrested or something, but I don't think she's been a... I think she's a jailbird, although um, the way things are going with this drug story, you never know, it could be imminent. Yeah, there's been loads. Even, like, Tim, Tim's been in prison, hasn't he? Wasn't he, a, he was arrested for taking part in the poll tax riots or something. <laughs> it, 
Now, now you silly. come to mention it, it is a bit. It is a bit. They silly. really go to prison. Everyone always talks about oh, Weatherfield's the most dangerous place in the world because of the murder rate. It's worse than I don't know Mexico, but like it, the prison rate is. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. been inside and arrested. I mean, if you if you were to add yeah. anyone who's yeah. been arrested onto that list, you'd be here a very long time. It's like. Um, it's like they don't realise that they're actually a secret government experiment to put a bunch of felons together and like see if they can make a society. And I think the answer is no. <laughs> uh, she continues, how many of the above were innocent of their charge? I don't know. That's quite a long list for a short Not street. Not many. Wonder th- one- no wonder they have Craig patrolling the street, a very high crime demographic. Then I thought of Amy, who, as far as I can figure out, must be a very vulnerable child with her criminal family background. Am mm-hmm. I right in thinking both parents, her maternal grandmother, paternal grandfather, uncle, and a couple of almost stepdads have all spent time in prison? Yeah, I think I'm you're sure right. I'm missing Only some. a matter of time before uh, Amy gets there herself. So far, I'm enjoying this week. Here in Canada, Kevin and Debbie are still stuck in the fridge freezer. <laughs> Not looking too good for them at the moment. My prediction about Simon is that he's going to get caught dealing, but before he reaches his. But before he reaches his majority and they're going to get him let off because he's a juvenile and because of the terrible circumstances that brought him to it. Leanne, Nick and the Barlows are going to be shamed by their neglect of him while they're dealing with their grief, Peter's alcoholism and Nick caring for Sam. They will all rally around. They will all rally and that will be all he needs to get himself out of the situation. It will be what Leanne needs to get out of the spiralling grief that she is in. Poor Simon is another child who's had a pretty terrible life so far. Yeah. I'm um, looking forward to spring around the corner and the optimism it, it that comes in regards to the vaccine and opening up, hopefully, some of the restrictions. Hopefully. All the best, everyone. That's a nice way to end it. Yes. Thank you, it, Do you not... Does everyone not feel... I mean, all of us um, Northern Hemisphere gang represent... Whoop, whoop. Do you not feel it's the happiness of spring and the, and the sun? Yeah, I do. I felt this this week for the first time. I didn't realise how miserable I had been. But when I when I saw the sun and how and like a nice a bit of tiny warmth, I was like, oh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Maybe it will be all right in the end. <laughs> right. Um, I think that'll do for tonight's podcast. I think we're about finished. Thank you, everybody who has sent us feedback via Twitter or Facebook or email or whatever this week. And thank you also to Smuffy O'Leary, who was our latest Patreon. Thank you very much for supporting us. And if you would like to join her, then you can go along to patreon.com slash conversation street and find out yourself how to do it. It's a jolly good idea. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us. You really have helped us so much. We are so grateful. We are... Yeah, honestly, it's so fantastic to have you guys. And we hope that you're enjoying your bonus episodes. We're going to have a new one soon, obviously, for March. A couple of weeks' time. Look forward to that. But don't don't forget... You've also got all yeah all the back all the back episodes that you as soon as you join up you get instant access to the whole back catalogue of all of our amazing thoughts. So um, if you're one of the people who think that current that Conversation Street is still not long enough and you want more, plenty more out there. Yeah, missing out if you're not a patron. But you can also go <laughs> to YouTube, of course, where we have got plenty of there's also extra bonus stuff free on there, stuff yeah. up there. Yeah, some of it brand new, um, and and some of it just 
ripped off the old episodes, but we've been going long enough now that I think it's fine that we do that. Um, if other ways you can contact us include email, conversationstreet.podbean.com. Sorry, conversationstreet. No, that's like web address, isn't it? Conversationstreet at gmail.com. There is Facebook, there is Twitter at conversationstreet. We're on an Instagram and um, many other things. And next week, we've got our rugby podcast that we're doing, if you want to listen to that. No, we Because not. they're doing a rugby tournament with some countries aren't they i don't think many people are going to get the reference here um, i think it's going to be confusing but no we, we i okay we won't do a rugby one then okay um spot did you say spotify no you can find us there you might be there already yeah um i think that's it facebook patreon i said it all now i said it all we're not on TikTok. give us an itunes review TikTok. please it'd be lovely do us on tiktok all right i'm tired you can I you can tired. have us on TikTok, can't you? You can no, do a thing where you yes, you can. We're you can use on. our audio, can copy they? us, do a little dance, <laughs> do a remix. <laughs> Why not? What else are you going to do with your life? You must yeah. be if you're listening to this. You you must have time on your hands. Yeah, lockdowns only got a little bit left. Use so if you're your going to do something wisely. frivolous like that, then now is the time. Everybody's going to be stressed out. This has been the most glorious time for having excuses for not talking to people. Mm. Don't squander it. Shall we go? Yes. Before I fall asleep. Yes. Good night, everybody. Thank Ta-ta. you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back for more next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.